0: So does this mean that you're not coming to my beach house this summer?
1: No, I'm definitely coming to your beach house this summer. <laughs> but I thought of that. I thought of that. Where the last few times that you've been on my show, it's always been me and you recording at you know while while I've been at your house. But it's like uh, I, I I would like to talk to you and um, um the other thing, and it really riled me up is that I think you're really wrong about the air tags. <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> About
0: what, the accessory, the design of them, not having like a key loop? Is that...
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> All
0: and, right, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And talk about... That's going to be our two-hour conversation. Right. So we,
1: we, we talk about privilege, right? And, and, and you know, privilege is a real thing. But my privilege is that when I get particularly riled up about an episode of ATP, I, I can get one of you on my show. I can get
0: you. just you. grill us for two hours. <laughs>
1: i I think you're wrong about putting a hole in the in the uh in the air tags. I think the air tags are fine, I think they're fine and your your take for those and i do i always assume that most people who listen to my show listen to a t p as well, but your take on the air tags I don't even want to put words in your mouth what your your take though is that they're they're poorly designed
0: yeah my my take is the industrial design of them is is just not good because such an incredibly common use case is you want to attach them to something somehow, and the way you know if you look at like tile and all the other things that have done similar kinds of uh, trackers before, they all have like a key loop hole in them. There's always like a hole in the corner or something where you can loop a key ring through, and you look at all the AirTag accessories that are out there. And they're all basically ways to add a key loop (laughs) by like having to encase the entire thing in some other layer of some other kind of material and then have a key loop off to the side or something like that. And so it could just save so much bulk and so many of these like high priced accessories, which I kind of cynically think maybe that's why they designed it this way. But, you know, there's it's clear to me that this would be a much more functional object if it had a loop built into it that you could just loop any key ring through but instead they've made this like perfect you know ufo shape that you like it's not even flat on the top and bottom so you can't even easily stick it to things like it's just it's kind of it's kind of a ridiculous object for the actual use cases in which i think it's actually going to be used
1: all right so my my counter argument is i mean i guess in theory if it had a hole in it that would be better if it was exactly the same as it currently is. <laughs> That's my is. argument. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I don't know how that would work with the replaceable battery pack, right? It's like uh, it's like all of a sudden that seems that that seems to make it more complicated. And the other the, the bigger factor is that okay, don't judge the accessory market by what's going on right now on June 20 what is it? 21st Or uh, May 21st. May. May.
0: (laughs) Close enough. Yeah,
1: if it was June, I would have missed WWDC already. You you can tell how rattled I am after this week. But uh, on May 21st, 2021, you can't judge the accessory market because you know that there are going to be like $3 rings on Amazon as soon as uh, probably by the time this episode comes out, you know what I mean. Like by next week, it's 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 going to happen any day. All they were waiting for was to find out exactly how big these things are, and it's it it's going to be much cheaper. Like to me, where your argument falls apart is the argument that hey, all of these rings that you put around the air
0: tags cost like twenty bucks, which I I agree is actually yeah. you know too much. And that's part of the argument. Uh, The other part is that it bulks it up. And it makes it, you know, it, by by definition, if you have to have some some kind of material that wraps around the air tag, you're basically adding a second casing yeah. to the air tag in at least most of its dimensions. And then you have to then have some other thing protruding from that to be able to offer a ring attachment yeah, point or something. But, but they're so, so it just makes it big.
1: But they're so small, you know. Uh, it's like a, a minimal ring with with a keyring attachment
0: to me is not going to make this too big. I don't know. You know what? This product. It wouldn't surprise me if this was a Johnny Ive like farewell product because it was designed <laughs> a long time ago. We we've heard all these stories about how like it was designed like ready to ship like two years ago. Like yeah. it was it was ready to go a yeah. while ago. This is maybe this is like the final Johnny Ive send off. We well, thought it was the the Mac Pro. Maybe it's this.
1: Well, and people have been like like squinting at the fine print on like the little stickers on the boxes, and and they do say there's some that I think they say like copyright like. 2019. Apple.
0: Yeah, I think it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and there was a similar sentiment about the the new Apple TV, which we will get to. That is on the schedule for the show. But the the Apple TV box that I got from Apple says and and. and the reason people are saying like, Hey, when, when the hell was this supposed to come out? Because it says on the back of the box, you turn it upside down and it's like, Hey, you can get great stereo, uh, surround sound or whatever they call it, you know, awesome audio out of your home pods. The ones that are the, the full size home pods that are disc, discontinued. People are like, Hey, maybe this was supposed to come out a while ago, but it does say copyright 2021 on the back of the home pod box or, or I. Apple TV box. I can verify. So even if it's a little awkward that they're advertising how it works with full size HomePods, which have been discontinued now for a couple of months, um, whatever degree of left hand not knowing what the right hand's doing within Apple on that, it's it's all within 2021, you know. But but the AirTags thing having like a 2019 copyright is like hmm. I don't know i, I yeah. there is sort of you know the, the 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 other complaint that I do agree with is I kind of feel that they should be completely flat. I do feel that the fact that the the air tags are sort of like you said uFO shaped you know they're like capsules I don't know what you want to call them
0: right' yeah, it's, it's a spree candy shape, yeah, that's what I needs to be like it's it's, a, it's if you ever had a spree candy, it's that exact shape just a little bigger
1: okay. How about this? Can we take an aside and talk about the fact that Syracuse didn't know what a spree was? Isn't it, he knows everything? How did he not know how, that? How do you not know what a spree was? Sprees are where the they were like my favorite candy.
0: Yeah, when you get like the bag of Halloween candy, yeah. like after trick or treating, like I think the sprees were one of the first things to go.
1: Right, because like you know you you got like your uh, Reese's peanut butter cups, which is
0: the, yeah, that's a, obviously tier that,
1: one. Right, Snickers. That's tier one it, yeah, it's up there, yeah, uh, for me, a snickers is is way up there, but the sprees are way at the top, right and and like if we call the 50 yard line for a Halloween candy, I would call the 50 yard line at a sweetheart, right because sweethearts yes. are like, ah, it's like it's good enough to eat, you're always going to eat them, but it's like it it's just it's it's just like sugar packed into a, a into a tablet. You know what I mean? It's like the
0: sweet tarts are kind of like filler. Like it's like, it it wasn't bad filler that you're not going to eat. You are still going to eat as you said, but you're not looking forward to like devouring all the sweet tarts. first. Whereas sprees, those are going first. Oh, the sprees were fantastic. As as soon as you're out of peanut butter cups, you're up for the sprees. Oh, the sprees were
1: fantastic. And the other thing too is aside from Halloween, when you had a couple of bucks to buy candy, a roll of sprees, man, that, that was great. And it, it bought you so much social capital where you could like, somebody be like, Oh, you have a roll of sprees, can I have one? And you'd be like, "Yeah, and then you'd yeah, give it's easily you know, shared yeah, easily shared, and just uh, really fun candy. I cannot believe that John Syracusa of all people uh, consumer of uh uh north american <laughs> uh pop culture, had no idea what a spree was, and i the other thing, it really bothered me that neither you nor the uh what's the other guy's name <laughs> What is, wow. I, I, I'm so sorry.
0: I, K- <laughs> Casey Liss? Yes, Casey Liss. Casey Liss. <laughs> oh, my God. He's, he's going to kill you. He's, I, that's it. He's, I, he's on his way to your house. I'm not
1: good with names, <laughs> Marco.
0: He's fully vaccinated now. You got to watch out. He can travel now.
1: But neither you nor the other guy called him out on not knowing what a spree was. To me, that should have been like lift lift the needle off the record. The show is over. How do you not know what a spree is? You should have paused the show and made him go out and buy some sprees. Because I kind of feel like he would have been like, Oh, 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 those are sprees. Okay, I got him. You know, he he did know what they were. But again, maybe not. Maybe he grew up in like a weird neighborhood where there was like no sprees. I don't know. Sprees are great. I mean, he, he grew up on Long Island. They have regular candy here. Like, it's not yeah. that different. <laughs> it was a great description. As soon as you said it, I'm listening to your show. And as soon as you said it's. Sort of like a spree. I was like, yes, that's that's the perfect description. And it is a little weird that neither side is flat. Even the the silver yeah. side underside is perfectly flat. And I was like, that's perfect. And he's like, I don't know what a spree is, but blah 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 blah. And it's like, what the? All of a sudden, I I just <laughs> lost
0: the track of the air tags discussion. And I'm like, how do you not know what a spree is? Yeah, and it's like I, I feel like it's like it's it's very kind of stereotypical apple design of six years ago yeah of like it they made a beautiful object in a category where the beauty of the object is is not that important and what is important is like the real world kind of ergonomics or functionality of the thing and i feel like not having a key loop really or a keyhole i guess a loophole whatever they call the 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 hole in the plastic you could loop a keyring through not having that i think is one of those areas where, like, I think if Apple redesign this product next year, you know, n- new Apple seems to be kind of writing old wrongs, you know, in, in a lot of ways with like the laptop stuff and the keyboards and and you know the rumored port changes and you know well, and how, obviously how, the whole M1 series of stuff. Like, it seems like they're they're really, they're like going through and like writing old wrongs, and I feel like this product. Looks like it was made two years ago or three years ago yeah, by yeah. the old design team that was more obsessed with looks than functionality. Right. And that maybe the new design team, ever since Johnny went into the sky, uh, maybe they wouldn't have put out this exact design. It, it
1: would be better. That, that's the thing. It would be better if it had an integrated hole. There's no uh, – how can you argue that it wouldn't be better – if it was exactly the same, no difference except an integrated hole, and, and if somehow when you take the back off to swap the battery, if if there's only one way to screw the back back on and the one way is that once it's back on, the hole is perfectly oriented. In fact, maybe it would even be better because then it would prove that you've screwed the back on the right way, Right. Right. But I, I do feel, though, that there's going to be a gazillion $3 uh, AirTag holders and AirTag uh, – you know, like your example of putting it on the bikes on the island. You know, there's going to be – there's going to be – just give them a month or two, right? And there's going to be like a gazillion ways to do it. It is sort of the, again, to bring up uh, Syracuse, it, it, to me, it is sort of the naked robotic core. Like, they, they know nobody's going to use these things other than, like, what, putting them in your purse or your uh, laptop bag. Uh, most use cases require some kind of attachment. Uh, I, I just don't think it's as bad as, as you make it out to be, though. It's just,
0: yeah. It, 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 it's it's the in reality, this is not a thing that's going to massively impact my life. Um, but it just seems like a weird misstep that's so obvious to me.
1: Yeah. Well, and it it to me the 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 product that it brings to mind is the the Apple TV remote, which I just wrote oh, about. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> but, but that's the one where it's like, do you even use the goddamn thing?
0: How how can this be? You know. Can we just celebrate that that's finally—I don't have mine yet, but can we just celebrate that, that era is finally over? It's, <laughs> I'm it's so happy.
1: It's the greatest thing of my life. It's so great.
0: So is it really as good as you, as
1: you wrote? Yeah, it really—well, of course. What, what do you think I'm going to do, lie about it?
0: <laughs> I, I, I just—I I almost can't believe it. Like, until I have it in my hand, which is probably not going to be until tomorrow, I, I, I'm I just not going to believe that they could possibly have fixed this, this you know, six-year-long mistake, but— I guess again, this is like this is Apple writing old wrongs, and this is you know it's it's been a repeating pattern you know they they fixed the butterfly keyboards they they fixed a lot of you know laptop issues with the m one stuff um they are allegedly about to kill the touch bar and make the laptops even better and like it seems like this is we're really like on a good path here of like okay, there were some mistakes made they took a suspiciously and frustratingly long time to get fixed, but at least now they are finally getting fixed
1: yeah um well, let's see what happens with their tags. I don't know. <laughs> it is Do you think we're ever gonna hear about them again? You know, I wonder because it is it's it's also a very curious device for Apple, right? Because it's not really a a peripheral to a thing. Like it really it really does seem like the sort of thing that would be better if they just And I can't even think of another example where this applies, where it would be better if they just purely published a specification for here is how you can make a tracker that contributes to the Find My network, rather than them selling them themselves. You know, it, 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 but on the other hand, maybe they felt like they really had a good idea.
0: I, I, I don't know. Well, certainly, you know, I'm sure they, they thought that, you know, they would rather have the control over the design and over the product and everything that integrates with their system so tightly. That, like, they'd rather have that control themselves. Yeah. You know, it has so much tight system integration with, like, the setup little overlay thing and the constant Bluetooth network um, and, you know, the kind of low-power Bluetooth network thing. I mean, I think the only reason we didn't get it earlier was because, you know, probably, you know, part of it was probably because of COVID delays and in, in something. And in this case, the... Um, Exposure notification API that they developed for COVID is based on the same network and technologies and stuff that these use. It's it's basically that network just used in a, in a slightly different way. Um, so like they, it seemed like they had a lot of this stuff in place already, and the fact that this seemed to be ready to go like two years ago, I think maybe what held them back was antitrust stuff coming up with and knowing that Tile was going to be one of the companies that was going to really get up their butts about stuff that maybe Apple thought, okay, let's wait until we have the third-party accessory program out the door first before we release ours. Uh, I think that's probably, you know, if there were any delays from COVID, you know, add that to it. But I think both of those factored in to why this product seems to have been just waiting to be released for almost two years. I definitely don't see them only doing the third-party thing because this is the kind of thing. It's it's just like how, you know, Apple makes so many like weird little like leather pouches and stuff for all their devices that I, I don't know why anybody would buy based on how what they are and how much they cost. But like you know, they make a lot of accessories that we don't usually even talk about that aren't barely right. even worth mentioning. Um, but they do make a ton of accessories. Sometimes they're they're pretty nice. I, I use some of them myself. I even use that weird uh, flip open white MagSafe charger duo thing. Like I actually bought two of those and. Even though were, it was like 100 bucks or whatever, 130 bucks for those, it was I felt like such a jerk buying those. But they did solve a need that I had at that time very well. <laughs> so I don't regret having bought them. Um, you know, it's like Apple has this whole world of kind of weirdly expensive, kind of weirdly limited, sometimes, accessories that we don't usually talk about. Uh, and I think the air tags would have probably just been that and all the stuff that goes that attaches to them would have probably just been more of that category of thing had they not been seemingly delayed for 2 years without explanation. <laughs> I think like that's you know you see also air power right just that had a different ending but like what made these products interesting to all of us tech nerds out here talking about this is like why haven't they released that yet? Yeah. What happened? You know and that the question of what happened is a much more interesting story than the actual products once we actually have them in our hands. It's is like, oh, okay, well, it's a it's a tile, but made by Apple, and better. Uh, okay, well, not a very exciting uh, product, but uh, hey, if you need it, it works.
1: The other thing, I, I think the antitrust stuff probably figured in, and I think that the privacy, like, anti, anti-stalking stuff yeah. figured in, and it seems like they didn't really figure that out until very recently. And, and and not that they didn't think about it all along, but that they didn't uh, figure out what best to do about it. Like, I feel like there's, uh, to me, there's a sense of, okay, let's say that the, the air tags were ready to go 18 months ago and they could have shipped them like a year and a half ago. Um, I, it's, it seems to me like the contingent with an Apple that, not that there was a dispute i i'll bet everybody was like yeah we don't want these things to be used for stalking people or tracking them against their will but the what do we build in how, how do we how do we accommodate that use case which is an anti use case maybe took longer to come to fruition and actually ship than than they anticipated
0: yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all because certainly like that's that's one angle that you would you you could totally foresee them having developed this product 95% of the way and then at the very end somebody's like, "Wait a minute. What what about this use case?" and they're like, "Oh no, we have to figure all this out." And then, you know, Holding it back until they really have a good solution for that, and that's that's a very complicated problems problem space. I mean, you know, Apple does things under a lot more scrutiny than anybody like you know Tile or anybody smaller. Heck, even Android makers have way less scrutiny on them than, than Apple does, um, and so you know they have to think about things and design for things and accommodate you know failure modes and and right. flaws. Way more carefully and with way more diligence than almost anyone else in the business. Like, you know, if Apple releases something that has a problem, it's going to be a headline everywhere. It's going to be like, you know, breaking right. news. Whereas, you know, if if somebody much smaller releases something that can be used by stalkers or whatever, like, it it, would, it wouldn't even make the news at all.
1: Well, and and there's are there have already been a couple of stories, you know, like Fast Company had a story, I forget who else did, but there've already been a couple of stories like, hey, you could use AirTags to stalk somebody. And so we haven't even gotten to the point where somebody's actually done it. And it's going to happen. There's no doubt about it, right? To me, Apple's perspective on this is probably look, even if we don't get into this that these devices already exist Why should we stay out of this Just to avoid the Stalking situation It all Leads to the sort of thinking Like ah yeah I can sort of see Why they sat on it for a year and a half You know
0: yeah, like they had to. I mean, look, there was there was even like the drama with the Australian uh, Safety Commission. I forget the, the actual name of it, but it's like the, the Australian version of like the Consumer Product Safety Commission, and they they determined that it was too easy to get the battery out for like for children <laughs> to get the battery right, out. right, right, and that because you know because it's, it's a lithium battery and the you know the positive and negative terminals are right. very physically close to each other, and so you could you could theoretically. Take the take it out, short circuit it with some small piece of metal, and have like a, a heat or fire risk on right. your hands. Um, so you know, the, it, even that got criticized like instantly upon right. its release. So yeah, th- they definitely have have a lot of you know scrutiny on them. But I I almost feel like you know we 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 have had this kind of. Line in our head for a while as Apple commentators are like, you know, Apple only enters markets where they can make a big difference or whatever, or, or their, their core companies, they really, they, really, they really want to focus on their core competencies, and that's why they don't make Wi-Fi routers anymore or printers or whatever, right? But you look at this, and you're like, well, did they really need to make this? I mean, on one hand, it is way better. Way better than anything else out there because of the integration it has with the system. And that's something like, you know, Tile and anybody else trying to make these things, they will never be able to match that unless they just go into the MFI program of just making these things, which commoditizes their entire business. No one else running a regular third-party app on iOS could ever make a system that finds things as effectively as these do. It's just not accessible to third-party apps on that level. Um, which is its own potential antitrust problem, but well, that's a different discussion. Um, so on one hand, you can say Apple can make a difference here, and they they made a product that is way better than what anything else out there can be, uh, without using like GPS and stuff. But it almost, it, you know, a lot of Apple's recent moves, and this might lead to a larger discussion. But a lot of Apple's recent moves. Remember that that story? I forget where this was from, but there was a story is uh, it back like in the '90s or whatever where. I think it was like somebody's grandmother was describing Bill Gates as like he's the kind of kid who would come over to your house and for dinner, and he would say, "Oh, I'll take all the potatoes." Thank yeah, you. yeah. That, Remember that, that? It
1: was. Uh, um, what was that from? Uh, O'Reilly. Uh, what's the guy? Who's the guy? Who's the founder of O'Reilly? You know the, Is it the Tim O'Reilly. Tim O'Reilly. Yeah. yeah. Tim O'Reilly said that he w- said that when he was describing the Microsoft antitrust case to his mother, she said, he sounds, Bill Gates sounds like the sort of fellow who would come over to your house for, for Thanksgiving and say, oh, thank you, I'll take all the mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, at the beginning of the, the Thanksgiving dinner. And it's like,
0: yeah. uh. Yeah, leaving nothing for anybody else. Right. And, and I feel like that, that is really how Apple is starting to seem. I, I think Apple's looking around any industry that they could possibly get into at this point that that looks lucrative to them. I think they're very hungry for all of the money, and because and and on some level you can kind of understand, like from from a like you know business financial perspective, they they need growth to to keep their investors happy and the stock and everything else. They they need growth, but they're already such a massive company with so many massively profitable businesses that in order to get growth, they have to keep doing more and more stuff, much of which will be kind of gross. And, yeah, and, but and so like, that's why like, you know, they keep launching all these businesses that, that they're just moving into whatever areas yeah. they can because they're really hungry for an ever increasing amount of money. And so on one hand, this looks like, okay, they, they make a meaningful difference to this, to this category of product. I'm making one that works better. On the other hand, You ask, like, why would Apple bother doing something like this that that has, you know, not that much impact on the world and might be kind of risky PR-wise? And I think the answer is they thought they could make more money and i think the answer the reason they have all these weird $25 accessories to solve basic design flaws on it is that they wanted even more of that money and accessories are a very high profit business for them because they they can make something pretty nice out of some decent leather and sell it for like three times what what it, at least maybe 10 times what you know what it cost them to make and and so, it, it, part of what they're doing in many ways recently, you know, launching a credit card and stuff like that, like it just it just seems to me like they're just wanting all of the money, yeah. all of it from everybody. You know, they they keep pushing developers harder to you know they keep more strictly enforcing the in-app purchase rules and everything else to just get more of the money, and they they want it all for themselves, and and they're just looking around the industry saying, you know, where can we get more next? Yeah.
1: All okay. right, let me take a break and thank our first sponsors. Uh, it, it also is isn't this great that I get to read the sponsor thing and it's not you?
0: Oh, it's so great isn't i love I love showing up to this having done no preparation except <laughs> I got myself a bottle of seltzer.
1: <laughs> I think that one of these shows you should make Syracuse do the sponsor reads just to stick it to it it's It's not easy, you know you get used to it, but it's like you know i I feel like he he skates over it <laughs> I do I feel like he 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 does not appreciate. The 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 work that goes into you doing all of the sponsor reads every week, week in, week out on ATB. But anyway, that's, that's
0: well. But at the same time, like I have, I think almost never added something to the topics document. Like that's that's <laughs> his, that's one of his areas. Like he he does that. Yeah. And I don't think I, like I just I just show up. I do the ad reads before, right before the show. I do all the ad reads. I record them beforehand, and then I just kind of show up and I I open the document like. Ten minutes before we're going to record, and I look over the ask ETP questions to make sure I don't have to like prepare an answer, right. and then that's it. And then everything else, like he he and Casey drive the the topic discussions, yeah. and and you know Casey kind of hosts, you know, and, and and John does a lot of the documentation of like you know preparing the topics and everything, and and. Yeah, and so and I and I do the ad. So we we, we have this division of labor that works pretty well. Uh, Casey does the show notes. I do the editing, like all this all this stuff. But rest assured that we all we all do our thing, including including John. I'm I'm writing this down right now. I'm gonna
1: I'm not gonna forget it. Casey is the guy's name. All right, all right. He's gonna kill you. Our first sponsor (laughs) is HelloFresh, and I love this company. With HelloFresh, you sign up and you get fresh, pre-measured meals delivered to your home. They just come sealed in a box. You pick pick the recipes you want. You get the meals. They come in a box and they're fresh and they're cold and and they've got like uh, dry ice in there or something like that to keep everything nice and cold. And you can skip the grocery store and you get these meals and everything is pre-measured. You get just the right amount of all the stuff you want the The recipe tells you exactly what to do to prepare it, and you you get these delicious meals it's it 's fantastic um, you cut out you even if you just get like two of them a week you know it it really is a a stress reducer on your meal planning, your grocery store planning, like what are we going to have for dinner tonight that sort of discussion you just it just takes a lot of that out of your life uh and all almost every recipe they have they're all ready in 30 minutes or less they're quick recipes they're it's not like you you know have to spend all afternoon c- cooking this stuff uh it's really great they have over 25 recipes every week and it includes stuff that includes vegetarian meals uh kid friendly meals that you know focus on you know kid friendly uh you know let's let's you know Let's be honest. Kid-friendly stuff, you know, simpler stuff, you know, without uh, exotic flavors or ingredients or something like that. Um, a- anything you, you, you could think, well, what about, you know, I, you know, I, I only like blank. D- they've got it. They've got 25 recipes a week. You, you pick what you want. You say, I would like this. I would like that. I would like this. And then that's what shows up. It is fantastic. And it's so super convenient. The food is great. And I will say, and I've, you know, I I think it's HelloFresh who's been sponsoring the show for years. I've always been skeptical about, like, hey, ah, I'm kind of fussy. I like, if I'm going to get like uh, bell peppers, I I, I like to pick good ones. Their vegetables come, and it looks like the type of vegetables that you would pick personally out of the store, like really, really attractive looking vegetables. Groceries, I, I, it's that to me is the most surprising thing about it. Is that the 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 things that you could be fussy about, they always come and they look like the people who packed your meal kit were fussy about what they picked to deliver to you. It's it's really terrific. Uh, it can be up to twenty eight percent cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. And it's 72% cheaper, according to their statistics, than a restaurant meal. Well, you know, come on, let's face it, restaurants are expensive. But it doesn't sacrifice the the quality. It's great. So here is where you do. Go to hellofresh.com slash talkshow12 and use that same code as the URL slug, talkshow12. And you get—this is is the part that's uh, almost too good to be true— 12 free meals. That, that's unbelievable, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh slash TalkShow12 and use the code TalkShow12 when you sign up and you get 12 free meals. Again, that, I, all you're doing is listening to a free podcast and you're getting 12 free meals. It's too good to be true. And, and free shipping. Uh, so my thanks to HelloFresh, great sponsor. All right, let's talk about uh new Apple products other than AirTags. What do you want to talk about first?
0: I mean, I don't have that much to say about most of them because I haven't used them and I and honestly, I don't I don't think the iPad necessarily has much for me. Um but uh, first yeah. of all, the iMac I think is one of the most interesting because with a, you know, pretty radical design change and a, a change that seems to by most of the reviews be a success. I mean, would you say it was a like successful redesign of the iMac?
1: Oh, I would think it's a, a super successful.
0: I I
1: I so Apple sent me all three and as far as I can tell as the three things being the iMac, the new iPad Pro and the new Apple TV 4K. And I'm not trying to flex here. I'm not trying to brag, but as far as I can tell today uh, after having published my uh apple t v quote unquote review late last night, I think i 'm the only person who got all three <laughs> and which is weird and the, Apple never tells you stuff like that when they send you review units you know they don 't say like hey you 're the only person who's getting all three blah 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 uh, of the three the iMac is, to me, by far the most interesting. So I'd almost rather push it back on the show. To, and to me, but I get why they staggered the embargo dates on reviews the way they did. iMac first, uh, iPad second, Apple TV third. Um, but the iPad and Apple TV, to me, are easier to talk about because they're such minor overall revisions and uh, you, does that make sense
0: yeah let's do it i mean and i love the the way you did the apple tv i loved that it was <laughs> like you know 80% about the remote and you had, like, a paragraph at the end basically saying, yeah, oh, the box is slightly updated, too. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> – which is exactly – like, that's how I'm looking at it. Like, you know, I have I have two TVs. One of them – they're both 4K now. One of them had the old non-4K Apple TV box on it. Like, our, our secondary TV had had the old Apple TV HD on it. And we have a, a regular Apple TV 4K on our primary TV. And so I ordered one new Apple TV and one new just the new remote. Right, And then and I'm just going to, you know, shift the Apple TV 4K onto the secondary TV, the first generation one onto the secondary TV, replace the Apple TV HD, and now I have new remotes for both. And so to me, I'm going to have two new Apple TVs, basically, because the difference between them is, you know, in like, oh, this can now do HDR 60 frames a second. Like, okay, well, I have no content like that. Um, so fine. Uh, that'll be great for my primary TV. I won't notice the lack of it on my secondary TV. Uh, And uh, the Thread Radio might be something that matters to me at some point down the road. It isn't right now. Uh, So, great. And I feel like I got two Apple TVs for the cost of, you know, one and a half. Right.
1: I mean, I I even said in my review, it's like, the Thread thing seems like it could be something. You know, It, it really does, you know, when I just cursory read it, it's like, it seems like it's, but I don't have anything in my house right now that is like, oh, you need an Apple TV with. Thread support to do blank. I, there's there's nothing. I, I can't think. It sounds like a good technology, but it's like uh, right now, I can't think of anything. And and the Dolby Vision high frame rate HDR support, it's like, what there's nothing I want to watch that is like that. So if you already have an Apple TV 4K, the one that came out like four years ago, there's it, it's not a a diss on the new one, it's like, what else do you want, right? It's like, it, it, it didn't need to support anything else. It's, it's not like, oh, this is a, a bad update because it doesn't, it's not more compelling. It's that if you already have a 4K TV and you have the older Apple TV 4K, you're, you're, it, there's, there's not much that you need except for a better remote,
0: yeah, exactly. Like, that that was the big problem with the Apple TV. Um, and I, I have lots of problems with, like, tvOS and, and, you know, some of the weird UI decisions there and, and some, you know, particular bugs in certain apps or certain behaviors of the, of the services and everything. But that's all stuff that you're not going to fix in hardware. So among the, like, category of things that needed to be fixed in hardware— It was like ninety percent the remote. Yeah, like that. I've had no problems with my Apple TV four K hardware. The previous version of the hardware, I've had lots of problems with. Like the the Apple TV HD model, those actually for me those tended to die after about 2 or 3 years of use.
1: Yeah, I heard um, you say that. And I never experienced that because I got one right away and then I used it right up until the 4K came out and I even bought I'm an idiot. I bought the 4K one before I even had a 4K TV because I thought, well, I'll get I'm I'm planning to upgrade my TV soon, so I should buy yeah. the, the Apple TV 4K. But I never had one die, but I heard you say that, which is weird.
0: You know, yeah. I mean, well, you also dodged a bullet there because, in addition to the Apple TV HD model, in my opinion, having a lot of <laughs> high death rate, um, it also was noticeably slower. Like just moving around the interface and you know just basic stuff in the apps, it, it, because it had a much older CPU. I think it was an A8 in there or something like that. So it was noticeably slower. Um, you're so when you, you're when you talking the about 4K, it, You're talking about it in the past tense, but they still sell it. That's the um, that's I love this so much. I love that they are still selling it at the same price it's been for like the last five years or whatever. It, They're still selling it. It's one hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> I I honestly think
1: that it might be the worst product Apple <laughs> Apple Incorporated has ever sold in on today's date. Buying the one hundred and fifty dollar. <laughs> Apple TV HD, and again, if you're right that they tend to die after a couple of years, it's even yeah. worse. But even if it works forever, it is a terrible price for that device. Like if they sold it for, let's say, $79, right? That that seems like an Apple-like price. If they were like $79 and you can get the non-4K Apple TV. Okay, but i I see how they're they're looking at it, and they're like, "Well, that would really stick out from these hundred eighty and two hundred dollar prices for the four K." <laughs> so if we want to if we want to sell the new ones at at dollars hundred eighty and two hundred dollars, we better sell the old one at one hundred and fifty. Uh, and it's like, but all of a sudden it's like they they're selling this ancient device with an a eight it's slow it the OS is clearly not optimized for that processor
0: no it, it, it does at least get the new remote that's nice that is nice and that but it's just like for for thirty dollars more at that point you're you know if you're gonna spend one hundred and fifty dollars on a streaming TV box which is at the high end of the price range for that market spend thirty more and get the one that is Way better. It's not a small it's not a thirty dollar difference in performance and everything. It's a way bigger difference. Yeah, I I, that I don't know what's the worst product they currently sell, whether it's that or whether it's still they still sell the old twenty-one inch Intel IMAC and it's non retina. Oh well Until recently, it had a spinning hard drive. That's at least finally gone. But they still sell the non-Retina base model Intel iMac. But
1: I kind of feel
0: that with that, anybody who does
1: buy it knows what they're getting. And they're buying it for a reason. Whereas the Apple TV HD... Seems like a device that somebody could buy by by mistake because they think like yeah. I, I I this is already a lot of money. I only want to spend one hundred and fifty on a streaming box. Let's just let me buy this one or or let's say. You don't have a 4K TV. You've only got a And
0: That's probably the more common failure mode here is like if you don't have a 4K TV and you have two things in front of you that say Apple TV HD and Apple TV 4K, you might reasonably conclude – and they're very close in price. You might reasonably conclude that the Apple TV HD is the one you should get. Right,
1: and and to me that's a huge mistake because to yeah. me as as someone who used an Apple TV 4K for a couple of years with a 1080 TV, it 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 was better, right? And even if you're not driving it at 4K, it was it was better because it was faster.
0: Yeah, way faster.
1: And for th- it's thirty bucks, and <laughs> you know, let's say you know what's what's the minimum? I I think a normal person. Would would buy an Apple TV hardware device, you know the little the little thing, uh, and, and I I think most people would use it for at least four or five years before they would think, hey, I got to get a new one because I got to upgrade it. It's and and so at that point, the thirty dollar difference is we're
0: talking about like what like six bucks a year. You know, it, it, at, I wonder if maybe, did they maybe sell a bunch of those to businesses for like air playing to projectors? Is I, that a thing that maybe I, they should sell a ton of them? I,
1: I, I, I've heard from daring fireball readers that that is definitely a market, you know, that there's absolutely a market for buying these things to use as a uh, projector type things that you airplay your presentation to, right? Like yeah. it's sort of that, uh, uh, all, all the years that I spent making fun of PC laptops that still had VGA ports, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like, seriously, one of the worst, longest lasting ports in dis- history. It's like, you cannot believe how long VGA was a oh, thing. Yeah. But it was always, every time My I'd,
0: first computer had a VGA port. <laughs>
1: every time I would make fun of a new machine that came out with it, for years and years, people would, you know, I'd hear from a handful of readers who would say, I, I know what you mean. It wasn't like they were clueless. You know, they were like, I, I get it. But where I work, if you don't have a VGA port, you, you need a VGA adapter because there's no other way to project your presentation, blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I think that Apple TV has and and airplay has taken a lot of that you know it's not so much that vga etc have been replaced by hdmi or newer ports uh i think airplay you know it in airplay is great um and so i do think that that's part of it but still wouldn't it be better to just get the low end 4k even if you're only Projecting your thing at 720p, right? Even if you're only projecting at 720p, it would still be better to just have the Apple TV 4K.
0: Yeah, and I think it would last longer. I, right. If it, it would be, it would have other advantages too. Like the Apple TV 4K has a gigabit Ethernet port instead of 100 megabit on the HD. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, you're right. Like lasting longer, I feel like is is the big thing there. But I mean, if they have a ton of these things sitting around, like maybe, they, maybe it's like a HomePod situation where they manufactured too many of them a few years back and they've just taken forever to sell <laughs> through the inventory and they know that business buyers will buy them or, you know, mistaken home users will buy them. I don't know. I I, I don't know why they're still making it. You
1: know what? It, it makes me feel like I should do like a hidden, well, I wouldn't use the actual hidden camera, but do like a, <laughs> a but just go into the Apple store and, and act like, you know, Joe consumer and be like try to buy the Apple TV HD and see if they will at least try to talk me out of it and again
0: because I do think that
1: in general if you do this
0: can you please put your name in the little waiting system as Joe consumer yeah Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no because then they're gonna they're gonna show up as Joe C to most of them yeah I guess it might if, if because
1: they're so they really are privacy conscious <laughs> like that <Yes>. right <laughs> Because uh, in general, I do think that you know one of the great things about Apple is that if you go in, they they don't try to upsell you to the to the most. You know, it's not like buying a car, right? Like everybody knows, buying a car is the is the worst upsell experience because they're going to try to upsell you on everything. And I, you know, I th- I think the Apple Store has a very good reputation for you know they're they're you know maybe they'll reasonably try to ask like you know how much do you have on your phone and if you i think if you showed them your iPhone and you're like look and 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 they're like you know settings general storage and and it looks like you've only got like uh, 20 gigabytes on your phone they're not going to try to sell you uh, a 256 gigabyte iPhone right like look you you're only using 20 now what why would you buy a 256 they don't do that in general. But so I'd be very interested to know whether, but they should in general, like doing a favor to the consumer, they should try to talk people out of the Apple TV HD. It's it's a terrible purchase at this point.
0: I wonder to what degree they're allowed to like kind of push people away from a choice. (laughs) You know, because obviously like, you know, in most retail environments, the employees would be, discouraged for any kind of implied insult of any of the products like you, you know you wouldn't want your employees to be telling customers oh you don't want that one <laughs> you know like obviously upselling is a different story but you, you wouldn't want anybody to possibly imply that like oh that's that that one's actually a bad choice <laughs> and you should really get this one i remember but, I don't know. I, when when amy and i
1: first moved in together in i think uh 1999 we bought a new TV and my friend, uh, Don was a guy who had a van and we bought a big, uh, big Sony C it was, you know, CRTs back then, big, big TV, uh, uh, you know, at, at, 32 inches, right. It was humongous, which, you know, again, by today's standards, not that big, but the actual box was incredibly huge, but I remember buying it at Best Buy and, uh, I, I did all the research, you know, before going into the store. I was like, "This is the TV I want." The, the here's the Best Buy that has it. You know, let's go pick it up. Don has a van. We'll we'll put it in the van. And I remember, I, I very specifically that the salesperson was like, "Do you want any of these monster cables?" And I looked at him like, "Come on." <laughs> and he and he gave me a look that was like, "Yeah, you're right There's... You know, it was just, just a look. He didn't say anything, but it was like, come on, this is this is nonsense. And I was like, these are nonsense. And he's like, yeah, these are, you know. And it was all just in looks, and it was like, you know, I'm not getting you in any trouble. I know you're supposed to ask me, but.
0: Oh, I flat out told, I used to work at Staples in college, and this was probably around that time period. Um, And, and this was, a, you know, this was one of those times when, You would sell a bunch of printers, but printers stopped coming with cables uh, (laughs) because they realized that you could. You know, the retailers were much happy, much happier with the manufacturers and pushed the models that didn't come with cables in the box because then the retailers could sell you their like thirty dollar USB cable, and it was like it was just like a regular like six foot USB cable, and of course Staples and everyone else would have their like gold plated upgrade version, and we had this we had this whole book full of like. Justifications we were supposed to tell customers, or they were trying to train us to tell people like why they want the gold plated cable because that will ensure like faster printing, or you know, it, they would tell it was there was no technical basis in it whatsoever, and 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 I just refused to say any of that stuff to people, and people would often you know they would get the printer and I was supposed to try to upsell them on cable, paper, you know, extra ink and the service plan and everything, and I did of course none of that, um, except I, I would tell them like you know you, you need a USB cable for this, and and if they would. If they would, you know, seem to be balking at the price, and you know, this was in like, you know, rural Pennsylvania, a lot of people didn't want to spend an extra thirty dollars for for a stupid cable. You know, they're buying a, you know, they're buying the cheapest printer they can because they don't have a lot of money or something. And and so, I would tell them like, look, you, if you just get this online, it's a lot cheaper. Like, if you, you can buy the printer here, but if you if you need to save money on the cable, you don't you don't have to buy it here. You can use any and I, or it's like if you ha- if you had a USB printer before, you can probably use the same cable you already have. And many people, many of the customers, really appreciated that. Uh, I can tell you the boss didn't so much. That was that was not as popular with the boss. Have you ever heard from
1: anybody who like now knows you as the famous Marco Arment from ATP and Overcast and et cetera? And who's like, I think that I went to your staples
0: where <laughs> probably in Ohio, right? No, it was it was in Meadville, Pennsylvania. Oh, uh, I, where there were even fewer people than, than where I'm from in Columbus. I don't uh, even know where that way fewer. is.
1: I'm in Pennsylvania. I don't even know where Meadville is. I don't know if it's on the east and the west and the center. Where, where? It's about
0: it's about two thirds of the way from Pittsburgh to Erie.
1: Oh my God, that's so awful. Why would you live there?
0: <laughs> Those college. I, we went to college there. <laughs> the college was great. Um, the ta- It was a small town, you know, and and uh, it was fun when we were there. But, yeah, definitely not a lot of people no, were in a t- That's a terrible location.
1: But yeah. have you ever heard from anybody who's like, I think that I went to your Staples and I think that you helped me? Or no, no, probably not. Not a single person. All right. <laughs>
0: Which again, given you know, given where it was, that does not surprise me. But I would have, <laughs> <At all. laughs> I
1: would have done the same. I never had like a job where I could give real advice like that. Like I, my my menial labor job was at a a, a chain. Yeah, I have I ever told you this that I used to work. I I guarantee you, you have heard of this chain. But most people listening to the show will never have heard of it. It it was a chain called Farmore.
0: Oh, I've we had those in, in Ohio. Of course, growing up,
1: yeah. Far more started in Ohio, which is why I knew that you would know it. And mm-hmm. do you know what their slogan was? <laughs> no. So it was spelled P H A dash M O R P H A
0: R yeah P H A
1: R P H A R dash M O R and they left off the E at the end. You know. But the it, far more, and and uh, it was a pharmacy. But it was sort of like a the biggest pharmacy you could ever believe. You know, oh, like
0: wasn't it like leave off the last e for savings? No,
1: like no, it was far more where you get far more for your money.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you might be right, though, that they left off the last e for savings. The- no, I think it was something that ended in s that did that. Uh, it was some TV commercial. I would no, see but up, I yeah.
1: guarantee. But it was over and over and over again. And it, and it was
0: the word and- mattress. one hundred mattress. That's what it is. They yeah, that's it. it. So that's this, it. Because you only need seven letters. To make right, the phone right, right,
1: right, right, yep. right. They left off the last s for saving. No, far more. Where you get far Not a sponsor. You get far more. For your money. Well, they ended up going under because the founder and CEO was like engaged in some kind of uh, uh, financial fraud. <laughs> but 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 you got far more for his money. <laughs> but I worked as as the stock stalker. You know they they you know not S T A L K stock. Right. But S T O C K, but I would stock the shelves, and yeah, that was uh,
0: my first job too.
1: I was terrible at it. It was, it, I was awful at it because oh, I was I, great. Oh, I was terrible. So the, the the worst aisle to get. So, and I used to work the uh, the end of the day shift, which was like uh, three to eleven, and the store closed at nine or ten. I think like 10, and but like 10 to 11 was like the golden hour of, all right, the store's closed, customers are out, but now is when the, the stock boys would come out. And we were all boys, you know. If if you went there as like an 18, 19-year-old and you were a young woman, they would put you at the registers. I, I you know, it, it's a weird, you know, in hindsight, it, it made sense at the time, but in hindsight, it's like... Why? Why was that like a thing where like automatically all of the girls worked at the registers, but the boys were in the back? You know, it's
0: kind of creepy. Oh, yeah. There are reasons. They're just terrible. Yeah, they're just terrible. At the time, it's like, oh, this seems normal. And only when you look back, you're like, oh, my God. It was tons of misogyny and racism constantly in society. (laughs) As much as we still have today, it was worse back then. It was really
1: bad. Like you would would be like a a register – person if you were a girl, and you would be a stalker if you were a boy. But one of the things was, at the end of the day, you'd get assigned an aisle, and you would have to, I forget what they, oh, blocking. We used to call it blocking, where it it would be just taking all of the product and pushing it forward on the shelves, oh uh, so yeah, so that it looked like the shelves were full. And yeah, it's, we call that facing. Well, we called it blocking. And I was terrible at it. And the worst aisle to get was the hair product aisle because there were so many. You know, there's so many bottles of shampoo and so many bottles of can conditioner and everything else and people buy tons of it right so it was always every day tons of shampoo would be sold and then i if they told me you know you're you're getting the shampoo you know go to aisle 13 you're you got 13 and i would just sit there and it's like i would just lose my mind and and then like the manager <laughs> would come through and be like john what's going on here it's it's 10:45 and you, you've you've only done like ten feet of the aisle, and I would just like look at him, like you know, like I'm sorry, you know, I, I had no excuse. <laughs> I would have no excuse, and it wasn't like I had a, a phone to to or a device to dick around with. It was just because I I I could not uh, apply myself to it. But anyway. Far more is where I work, but nobody ever <laughs> asked me for my opinion on something. So I could, but if I did, if if my menial labor job had been at a Staples like yours, I would have done the same thing as you. I, I would
0: will have, say for my for the job where I was a stockist, uh, that was that was at a natural food store, but I was it was like a, like a little natural food co op, you know, before the era of like you know the big ones now like Whole Foods and stuff, uh, and i I was like fifteen. I didn't know what anything there was. It just happened to be the nearest grocery store to my house and so and they they gave me the first job I could get like on my fifteenth birthday and uh, so my my problem there was that if somebody did ask me anything, you know, they'd be like, you know oh, where's the kale and i and I would could honestly say, I have no idea what that is.
1: <laughs> right Like you don't know if it's a hair care product, if it's right. a, a, a if, if is that something you put on your
0: feet? Right, because this was like 1996. Like, no, I didn't know what any of this stuff was. <laughs> no, most people didn't. <laughs>
1: right. uh, so true. You know what the best the the best job at Farmore, and it was hard to get into. And I only got to do it when somebody you know people would call out sick, and they'd be like, "We need somebody to do it." But the thing that Farmore had was a, a, in a corner. But strategically placed, so you had to walk through the whole store to get there. They had a uh, video rental corner and they had tremendously it, everything was 99 cents, right? So you could get first run movies, rent them, you know, on, of course, on VHS tape uh, for 99 cents. And whereas at like Blockbuster, a, a dedicated video rental store, they were i don't know what what were it was like five bucks to get like a first run movie,
0: right? yeah, four or five bucks I think. Yeah,
1: yeah yeah, four or five bucks, and far more it was like ninety nine cents for all movies, any movie, including the first run movies, but of course they only you know the the whole trick of that era was that there you, you could only have so many copies of the same movie, so like a blockbuster movie would come out, and they'd have like five copies. of five copies of it <laughs> and but but people were nutty for it it was like though i i think it was the whole gimmick behind farmore was the the video rental thing I, I i honestly think it was what kept the whole chain afloat but it was so much fun to work at the video corner because as like a like a 18 year old you, people would return the movies and then you you know double check that they're they're rewound and uh you know and then you'd go to take them back out and people would be they they were they were like ravenous for them and what they wanted to do cuz if you were t- carrying out 20 videotapes of returned movies and most of them were probably the first run ones that people wanted to get they wanted to take them right out of your hands but we <laughs> we were authorized by management to tell people you are not allowed to take movies out of our hands while until we're done. And while we were restocking that you could say, nope, nope. And, and it was so much fun to tell full grown, uh, like 50 year old adults. Nope. You can't, you can't pick these movies out <laughs> yet until I'm done putting them on the shelves. And then you'd put them back on the shelves and then you would say, okay, go. And people would like fight over them and it was like this is amazing like i'm 18 years old and i'm watching full grown adults fight over 99 cent video rentals it was
0: it was fantastic it's like the last thing an 18 year old needs is a power trip yes that was <laughs> and it was it was amazing
1: it was really fun and and it really was a terrible thing a terrible power to grant to an 18 year old but i do appreciate <laughs> i do appreciate that they authorized us to do that and and uh, people would get mad and they'd be like i'm going to go to the manager and tell him that you're you know you won't let me and i'd be like go ahead you know go go tell them because they they have told me you're not allowed to do this and i think it was because before they instituted the policy it was a real problem <laughs> Where they would, like, <laughs> effectively knock over the person
0: who was, like, re, you know, restocking the the video rentals. Oh, so I, I had no idea that it was a rental place. Because, like, we never rented videos when I was a kid. Because, like, we didn't have a lot of money. And the idea of just, like, you would just spend 3 or $4 and for one night and it would just be gone. Like, we would never do that. So, like, video rental itself was its own, like, separate luxury that we didn't do. But... We went to far more all the time, and I'm just—I'm kind of surprised I never even realized it was a video rental option.
1: Oh, it was a—it was a huge driver. You, did you—did you, did you never rent video games?
0: Once, really? I, one time I was like, I yeah, and and oh god, it was terrible. It was so one time I convinced my mom to let me rent a video game, and it, it was a Genesis game, and it was—it was some—it was. Some, it was somewhat expensive but then it was like you know four or five bucks to rent a video game at that time um and it was bart versus the space mutants (laughs) like bart simpson versus and it it was one of the worst games i have ever played and we and it's i mean i guess it's a good thing i rented it before i bought it um but at the same time it was such a negative experience of like wow we just spent you know quote a lot of money uh on this terrible game that was a waste and never rented another game after that (laughs)
1: My my friend, uh, same friend who helped me move the TV a couple of years later. My friend Don and I were roommates for a year, and we 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 knew we needed a video game system, and we bought the. Uh, this must have been nineteen ninety ninety eight. We bought uh, the Nintendo sixty four, and we thought, well, you can't go wrong betting on Nintendo, and we bought Nintendo sixty four, and we got the Super Mario three D thing which was a great game and we of course had GoldenEye, which is uh, everybody knows the, the GoldenEye james bond game for nintendo 64 is legendary game it was tremendous fun it was ahead of its time it yeah, was
0: groundbreaking it was in so many ways I mean, that was the first like four player you know first person yeah. shooter game for yeah. consoles like and, that was it was incredible
1: it was it, and, and 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 it was just tremendous fun and just, just,
0: oh, by the way, if anybody wants to correct me on that, I don't care. It, the, N64 having four controller ports built into the system with no additional accessories was groundbreaking, yeah. and that was the first big multiplayer shoot 'em up game that used them. No, you, know, you could you could probably do it on other systems before with like adapters and stuff because they were like they were they were like four player adapters for the Genesis and for the Super Nintendo and probably even for the NES. Um, so like I'm sure there were other ways to do it, but nobody did.
1: The thing about the 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 multiplayer. Goldeneye was that it felt always felt totally fair like it felt like every time you got killed it was like yeah he got me you know that Well it,
0: it, it was it was fair the, it, it, but like I was one of those people who wouldn't look at everyone else's screen yeah <laughs> and so but everyone else would look at mine so like, it didn't feel fair in that way Well um, no, but but, but it, that that game really I mean that like defined Pretty yeah. much every like little get together i 'd have with my friends for like a two year span in high school it was it was all goldeneye.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got better I got slightly better. It was probably one of the best games I've ever been at, you know, like in terms of my competitive stature in the grand scheme of how good people are. I was really, really good at Goldeneye, maybe the best i've ever been at any game and i my my roommate Don and I were. Generally even, he was good at video games too, but I eventually got a little bit better than him to the point where I would get him every time. And one time he, we, we lived on the uh, third floor of a building and I swear to God, this is the honest to God truth. (laughs) The one time I killed him for like the fourth, fifth time in a row and he threw his controller out the window And it was the most satisfying moment of my entire video game life i've I, it's here we are twenty two years later at, or twenty three years later and it 's still to this moment it 's like I, I can just drop the mic you know th- how can you possibly get better than making your roommate throw his controller out the window and the best part was he had to go out and get it because we didn 't have an extra controller, and he went <laughs> out and got it, and it was f- Fine. It was fine. It did have, like, scuff marks from where it, like, hit the sidewalk or whatever. <laughs> but it worked. And it's like, hey, hats off, Nintendo. You can throw your controller out of the third floor window, and it works. Anyway, the, 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 the video game rental story, though, was that we, we bought the Nintendo thinking, well, you can't go wrong betting on Nintendo. And we bought it, and, and we did love Goldeneye. But damn it, it's like you'd go to like Blockbuster and all of the cool games were on PlayStation. All of them. And then you'd go and look at Nintendo and it was like Yoshi's, you know, Yoshi's car wash.
0: (laughs) It's like. Yeah, I feel like the, like if your goal was to like try a bunch of different games and and to rent a you know rent a new game every weekend or something like you know try a bunch of different games the N64 was a terrible system for that because oh. it never had great third party support but if you look at that generation and, and you want like what are like the the top 5 or 10 best games of the generation Way more of them are on the N64 than on any, any other system. Right. And like, it had, and, and if you wanted to just, like, have a couple of games, like, have a small collection that was really good, you could just get an N64 and get, like, GoldenEye, Mario Kart, Mario 64, Zelda, and be pretty right. much done. Like, that's it. Like, that's all you really needed.
1: <laughs> what was the name? There was a really cool Star Wars game where they, they made up a guy who was sort of a Han Solo-type guy, and and he flew around in a spaceship. And it was really cool. Uh, but there were seriously only like four or five good games for an N sixty four. But you're right; like the the yeah. best four or five games were the best games. But like for the variety, it was it was terrible. Every time we went into Blockbuster and thought, "Let's see if there's anything new we should rent before we buy it," it was <laughs> it was so <laughs> uh, incredibly disparate. Where like there was this whole section of PlayStation games, and then there was like one shelf of Nintendo sixty four games
0: terrible yeah but it was it was still um like if you look back now like if you look back at those games now and you want to like play old stuff I, I i'm kind of in that world of like the, the retro gaming market um i don't have any fondness for pretty much anything that was on the playstation or the saturn like and I was a huge Sega fan. I actually at I did once rent a Saturn. Uh, that was later on, of course, um, when I when I could pay for it myself. But that was also a waste of money. Uh, but even just to rent the system was a waste. <laughs> but like, you know, there there were some fun games here and there on, on Saturn and PlayStation. But the ones you'd actually have lasting value and want to go back to those were all on N sixty four. And again, it wasn't it wasn't a large number. It was basically the ones I just mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> like it was you know, five or six games that were like really good for that right. system. Yeah. Um. But but. Even at the time, like, you know, the N64 I – mean, I love that we're still ostensibly talking about the Apple TV. Um, the N64, it was such a better system than the other ones at the time because the other ones were all CD-ROM-based, and the N64 went cartridge. And that right. was actually a pain in the butt in certain ways for developers because they they held so much less. But it had much nicer 3D support, Yep. and because it was on the cartridge, there was no load times. No load times at would load all. instantly. Right. And it had four controller ports built in, and so it was. It ended up, you know, the PlayStation. You'd spend a lot of time on loading screens, and there were only two controller ports, and the 3D you would get was really jaggy. It was bad 3D. Like those, it did not age well. The N sixty four, yeah, it was low polygon count, and you know, by today's standards, it was it was pretty pretty rudimentary. But if you look back on it, like the PlayStation one games look like hell, yeah. And the N sixty four games are at least like blurry and smooth, low polygon count, and they they loaded faster, they worked better, and they had those four controller ports for parties. It was just such a better system.
1: Yeah, I think, and and I say that 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 Don had to go and get that controller. We did have four controllers. I think he just went to get it because on general principle, like, you know, I, all right. I, I was a jerk. I yeah. threw it out, but we definitely had the four controllers because the four player Mario Kart was balls right? Yeah.
0: Like, that was, yeah. That's like you, your top two experiences on the uh, N64. I think number one is GoldenEye, number two is Mario Kart. Right. And you could totally
1: sell people on, a, on N64 just by Mario Kart. Like, I, I we'd have friends over, and and they would be like, I'm going to go buy a Nintendo 64 just to get this game.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that or GoldenEye. Like, those those yeah. sold so many systems. <laughs> like, just those two games sold so many systems. Yeah.
1: But it was... <laughs> Very true all right let me let me take a break here. And thank our next sponsor It's our good friends at hover.
0: <laughs> this is a song about the Apple TV
1: <laughs> uh, hover is a great jumping off point for a ton of entrepreneurs and they want you to start your business or your new project or whatever you're creating with a great new domain name. They have over three hundred domain name extensions. In other words, it like back in the day when we're talking about Nintendo and there was just .com, .net, .org, and .edu or whatever, they've got 300 of those extensions to choose from when you build your brand online, and that gives you a tremendous number of options to get the word or words in front of the extension that you want. Whatever you're trying to build, whatever you're thinking of, they have options for you. They have a tremendous—this is my favorite part of Hover. My very favorite part of Hover is if you just type the word, you you know, if you want uh, uh, daringfireball.com. Well, guess what? I've got that one, so it's taken. But you type that in, they'll give you suggestions— for what is available. And it and they're not trying to upsell you on a thing. They're just giving you honest help on what you want to get. You type what you want to get and either it's available or they'll offer you options like, "Oh, instead of .com, why don't you get .co or something like that." It 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 is a tremendous interface. It it's really good. Their support team does not try to upsell you in any way. All they want you to do is just be a customer, pay the very competitive rates on what you pay per year to keep your domain names. And if you need help, like if you have a domain name already registered somewhere else and you want to move it to Hover, their support team will help you to... The fullest extent possible, even if you're a completely non technical person who doesn't understand DNS at all. And again, I'm, I'm somewhat technical. DNS confuses the hell out of me and, and scares the hell out of me because you don't want to mess up your email and stuff like that. They will help you out and they'll just move your domain names over from what's probably most domain name registrars, honestly, are pretty scammy and scummy. They will help you move these over in a safe way. It's, it's really great. Uh, and they don't upsell you on nonsense that you should be getting for free, like who is privacy, right? Like who is privacy should not be something you pay extra for. It should be built in. Well, guess what? With Hover, it is. They are really – it's just a great, great place. I've been a customer for I don't even know how many years. Love Hover. I would recommend them to anybody who needs to register a new domain name, or if you ever feel like you've got domain names in your name, but you've always feel like, "Yeah, this company where I have my domain names is it's it, This this is a terrible company. Move it over to Hover. It, you'll be so much happier for it. it it's a ter- terrific company, and again, three hundred domain name extensions to choose from. Here's where to go. To support the show, go to hover h o v e r dot com slash talk show. That's it. Hover dot com slash talk show. And if you go to that if you go to that URL with the slash talk show, you get a ten percent discount on uh, every new purchase. So make a name for yourself. Go to hover at hover.com, slash talk show.
0: Yeah, I feel like the domain name registration business is. It's kinda of like it like if you go to buy a domain name online and you don't know that much about it. it. It you're at about as high of a risk of running into some scammy, you know, terrible company as if you don't if if you just search for like how to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> that's v- I like,
1: think that's very fair. I think that's a really good analogy.
0: Like it, it really for whatever reason, it really is an industry full of a bunch of terrible companies mostly. Like there's there's not a lot of like nice, trustworthy, easy places to buy domains. <laughs> it's
1: it's such a weird thing where you know there is i which is the cent- i-c-a-n-n which is the centralized authority that controls this stuff and they're the ones who who authorize new extensions and blah 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 you know like our friends at uh 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 Yes, please, right? They're not, not a sponsor this week on this show, but they've got yeah, yesplease.coffee, which is a great—how uh, What? How could that be a better domain name, right? So the dot .coffee extension, uh, you know, ICANN controls that. So there is a centralized authority, but they're not—it's it, It's such a weird, like, old-school internet, like, we're all going to—you know, the community will, will police this and— it's like, I remember explaining it to Jonas where, where my son, where it's like, uh, the whole internet really only works by IP addresses and IP addresses are like phone numbers and it's all just numbers and the whole mapping of these names, which are human readable and it's all anybody says. I mean, when's the last time you ever went to a website and it like redirects you to the IP address? It never happens except when you're like setting up like a, a I, I just did it with like a label printer where it's like you go to, you know, the local IP address. Um, it it's, it's so weird though, because domain names are so important, but it's like this like uh, we'll just agree that everybody will be honest about this. And instead, what happened, of course, is that most of the companies who got involved in it are t- terrible. Yeah. Try, to, try to sell you, uh, you know, and every, every you know, nickel and dime you on everything.
0: I do own bad.coffee, by the way. <laughs> do you really? I do. <laughs> I, when, the, when the domain name first launched, I, er, I bought that.
1: Do you have anything there? What's there? It's a redirect. <laughs> <laughs> Where does it go?
0: I'll give you one guess.
1: No, wait. I don't know. I I don't have a guess, but I'm gonna go right now. Bad. Duck. But I won't. I won't spoil it for listeners. I'll let them do it on. Oh. <laughs> All right, it kind of makes sense. All right, I should have guessed. I should have guessed it. Yeah. All right, I won't spoil it. I, everybody should go to Bad Duck Coffee though and figure it out.
0: Um, you should also go to Yes please they're really I'm actually currently buzzed on their coffee right now
1: I love isn't it great I love it that they're not even a sponsor right now uh I I, I was listening to your show uh I, a couple of weeks ago cuz they sponsored me and they sponsored your uh, ATP and you even said you you're you're roasting less of your own coffee because of Yes please
0: yeah, I actually I haven't roasted since I've since I've been at the beach um, yeah. because roasting here is more cumbersome for various reasons and and so I just didn't set up the roaster uh, this whole year so I, I haven't roasted for like over a year and I've been you know I've been alternating between a few different mail order companies testing out different ones I, I spent by far the most time with Yes Please and they're the ones that I kind of just always go back to my my so I, I actually have it, I have it set up so that I so that I get them every two weeks and then on the alternating weeks I get other things, like, filled in for variety's sake. But no one else is as consistently good as they are. Like, they are just rock-solid consistent. And that's why, like, they've never left my rotation.
1: (laughs) My favorite story about it is that... uh during the the whole 2020 covid year like when when the postal system really went to hell and everybody was freaked out and and thinking like oh my god this is like an election scam it's like the whole postal system had seized up and and everybody's like oh my god if if people try to vote by mail they're not going to be able to you know get their vote counted and blah 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 uh i it's not yes please's fault but my yes please shipments from postal service first class mail would be like i i got some like 3 weeks late and it's like i ran out of coffee and it's like running out of coffee when you're a, a caffeine addict is <laughs> a serious problem and it was like what well, what do i do you know <laughs> like where do i go and i like Went out, I like ventured out with my mask and, you know, worried about COVID and I'd like buy coffee and I'd be like, this coffee tastes terrible.
0: Yeah, that's the problem. Like, you know, normally you, one would think, you know, most people who drink coffee in the world, and there's a few of them, most people who drink coffee in the world. You would think how could you possibly like run out and that be a big problem because you can walk in literally anywhere and you can probably buy coffee. You know, you can either go to a coffee shop anywhere ever. You can go to like, you know, a gas station, a convenience store. They all sell coffee. And you can go there and buy bags of beans almost anywhere as well. Any grocery store, you know, many like convenience stores and drug stores, coffee shops usually will also sell beans. So like you would think that this would be the easiest thing in the world to not run out of. But, once you're accustomed to good coffee right, then it's then it really becomes as if no one else sells this. You right. just have to like wait for it to arrive to you, and unless you happen to live near a really good coffee roaster, which most people don't like you when if you run out of that, you're like, oh my god i I literally can't get this anywhere. You can get something that will satisfy your chemical drug addiction but it's not going to be good and you're not right. going to be happy with
1: it. Right. It's like you're sitting there like and all of a sudden it feels like you're in like a uh, uh like a clinic like I'm trying to detox off my caffeine uh, <laughs> uh, addiction and they're give you know like uh in a clockwork orange. have you ever seen that? I know that you you've you've got a limited filmography. I've seen parts of it. But you know, the gist of the movie is that there's <laughs> <laughs> That
0: was a, that's a very that breath did a lot of work there.
1: <laughs> the gist of the movie is that there's, there's a young man who's a criminal, and he goes into the system, and they try to decriminalize him. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> effectively, it, I think my analogy probably works as a better synopsis of the movie, where it's like, all right, imagine you're trying to get off coffee, and your your strategy is, okay, I'll drink as much coffee as I want, but it will taste terrible. That's the gist of A Clockwork Orange. And that's what every, it's like, I don't, even, I, I didn't know what to do when my yes, please <laughs> shipments were late. And then all of a sudden I would get the, the one that was three weeks late and get a new one that, that showed up on time. And now, now all of a sudden I've got too much coffee, but anyway.
0: Well, that, I was I was lucky that our for all the postal system drama that happened in a lot of places, it didn't affect us here. Like we have a like a nice little like beach post office, and they didn't have any of those problems. So we uh, we we were very lucky to have yes, please be pretty reliable throughout that whole that whole ordeal. Uh-huh. Um, it was, it was, but yeah, I mean, certainly, if you want to get off of coffee, it's very very easy. Like just tell yourself, all right. I'm only going to drink coffee from gas stations from now on, and no milk and sugar allowed. It has to be black. I, I guarantee you, you will quit coffee very quickly. Right. You can drink as
1: much as you want, but it has to be straight out of the gas station.
0: Yeah. And yeah, no no adulteration allowed. Of You have to drink it black, just straight. And yeah, it's got to be gas station coffee.
1: I think I've told you this, not on a podcast, but in person, where I have had that experience where I I drink my coffee black. I don't put sugar in it. I don't put any dairy product in it. I just like black coffee. And I I, I make it very simple. I, I just grind the coffee. I boil water. I put a couple of ice cubes in after the water boils just to cool it down a little bit you know, so it's a little bit lower than boiling temperature, you know, get it down closer to like uh, the 190s in Fahrenheit. And then I just do pour over. It's just a simple pour over thing. And I make a whole, you know, carafe of coffee and I drink a pot of it a day. Um, it It is crazy to me how simple making great coffee can be, right? Because I don't know how to cook. I can't cook anything. But I can, I feel like I can make a really good cup of coffee.
0: Well, I think the thing is like, you know, obviously there's all sorts of different coffee paraphernalia, different brewing methods. And and I've actually owned many of them myself and gone through a lot of that, you know, trying to go through all the gear and everything. And, and what I have done most of the time is just AeroPress, which is fantastic. You know, that's like $25 Twenty-five dollar yep. plastic plunger that makes amazing coffee with right. very little effort. Um, I, recently, I've been using a ratio coffee machine. Hmm. Uh, Chase Reeves turned me on to them forever ago in like one of his videos, and and uh, it's I, I've been really enjoying it because it is basically an automatic pour over. Um, hmm. And I still like AeroPress better. Like I like the output better from an AeroPress, but the ratio is a little bit less effort when i We have kind of a busy morning schedule this year, um, so I kind of needed to save some time, so I went with something a little more automatic, but. Um, What's, you know, I think what this shows is, like, it's like if you try to dress up really bad produce, if you, you know, you have a, like, you know, canned asparagus, right? Like canned asparagus is not super good. Um, it's pretty – You have to, you have to do a lot to it to make anything good out of it, you know, but if you have, like – Fresh, nice asparagus, you don't have to do nearly as much to it, and you'll get much better results much more easily, and you'll you'll just have a a much better time. That's kind of how – like when you have crappy, old, stale coffee, which almost anything you can buy like on the shelf of a grocery store is going to be all of those things, crappy, old, and stale. (laughs) (laughs) And or maybe over-roasted, right? Most likely overroasted as right. well, right. and so if you have oh, because if you're selling old stale coffee, one of the ways you can get flavor out of it is to overroast it. Um, anyway, so if you have old crappy input, no matter what you do to it, you're going to have to do a lot to that coffee and really know what you're doing to be able to brew that in a way that it will be a little bit less terrible. Whereas if you start with really good fresh coffee that's been well roasted by somebody who knows what they're doing and is really recent, and so you know it's still fresh within it's you know within a couple of weeks of its roasting date. You can do pretty much anything to it, and it'll be great. Yeah. Like, you don't really need a lot of skill as a coffee producer or barista, I guess. Like, you don't need a lot of skill to do to, – to get good output out of good, fresh beans. Like, that matters so much more than whatever, you know, technique and equipment you're using to do it. Right.
1: It's sort of like – honestly, I, I, I know <laughs> – we're on a bit of a digression here from Apple TV, but. <laughs> a, little
0: <bit. laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I mean, bit. the Apple TV was not that exciting of an update once you got past the remote. But it's, it's sort
1: of like, wouldn't you rather read a really good book, even if it was like a. a, a the, you know, just typed out and then mimeographed and then photographed and then crumpled up and then uncrumpled. But you'd, you know, like the worst possible physical manifestation of a book. It would be great though. I'd rather read like you know uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald than read a bad book, prose wise. That was beautifully typeset. You just you can't, you know, you just, there's no disguising it. You know, if it's a good story, it. It, you, you'll enjoy reading it no matter how bad it looks. Even though it would be better if it looked good, coffee is like that. Where it's like if it's good, if they're good beans, you almost can't go wrong with it. You can't make bad a bad coffee beverage
0: out of good beans. Yeah, well, you can, but it's it's much harder unless yeah, you're really hard. trying, right? <laughs> like, and again, whereas you, like if you just take like basic normal technique and and just do an okay job of it, if you have good beans, you're going to get great coffee out of that.
1: Alright, Apple TV. I've I <laughs> I love this remote. I love it. I wish I had it right here in my hand. I, I did dithering last night uh, with the remote in my hand just so I could play with it. I love it. It it, it it's it's a wonderful little device to have in your hand and it feels it, it it's it you know what? I, I, I was gonna go on a whole th- tangent about this in my review and then i was like ah, i don't know if it works it doesn't hold out because i didn't want to go into the whole video game thing because the video game thing brings to mind the fact that the apple tv k- is a video game platform but i was going to talk about like i mean is it well yeah. well but that's why i didn't want to get into it you know what i mean like right, it, yeah. it, 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 there was no way to do it in a paragraph it would have had to have been the entire thrust of the 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 thing I wrote. So I didn't even touch on video games, but like you, no matter how good the video game console is, you have to have a good controller. And with video games, it's more important because you, you're constantly there. There's no point to playing a video game if you don't have a controller in your hand. And for the most part, with Apple TV, you you use the controller to get to the thing you want to watch. You hit play, and then you put the remote down, and you just watch, right? It's, so it, it the analogy breaks down, but it's like the same way that you want a great uh, controller to play video games. You want a good remote to watch stuff on TV, and this remote to me is is that remote.
0: I'm so happy to hear this like again I can't wait to get mine tomorrow probably but wow I'm so happy to hear that because it it just it, this was one of those things that I feel like we've we've had we've been stuck with the old one for so long and when and even like when they when they quote updated it by just putting that white ring around the <laughs> Run the menu button. That was the worst. That would, That's the worst part about the whole thing. And again, I could
1: have gone on a whole tangent about it. Where it was like, it w- almost would have been better if they didn't change it at all, right? If right. they were just like, nope, that's our remote. But the fact that they changed something.
0: Right. Because right. that suggested that they, that they realized, oh, we need to fix something about this. And then they thought, this should do it. <laughs> that's, that's the only problem. We'll fix that problem something. <laughs> so, like, it, just, it was seeming like we were never going to get this fixed. I mean, before that Apple TV update was announced, many people were saying, you know, they're probably not going to make Apple TVs anymore because right. you know now everyone like no one's buying them because they're too expensive apple won't make them cheaper and also now you know you can buy apple tv content it, on many other platforms now because they've they've right. expanded their support like so now you can go and like you know most people don't even buy tv connected boxes anymore most people it, when they buy a new tv it has smart apps built in and they just use those and so it, it was it it would it would have been equally as surprising as a new Apple TV release coming out, if they would have discontinued the Apple TV as an entire platform and said, all right, we're done. Yeah. Or I'll, and, it, or if, it, and I guess
1: I, I've talked about this a lot where it's like, I've always had the gut feeling that they weren't giving up on the Apple TV console. But again, I'm with you where it was to me like a 55, 45, Yes, you know, like 55% of me thought, I, I think they're going to come out with a new Apple TV hardware, but 45% of me was like, ah but maybe not. And they'll just, you know, because it sort of seems like they were just stringing it out with the old one and just saying, right. hey, just buy an LG or whatever TV that has Apple TV plus built in and you can buy your iTunes movies there, you log into iTunes and you get all your movies and that's, that's our future. It, it, it really, it was hard to distinguish. Um, But I love the Apple TV platform. I really like using it. Most of the stuff that I watch, uh we still have cable tv uh amy watches a lot of stuff and we have a tivo you know again i should probably have Syracuse on to talk about the tivo but we still have a tivo and and i like it tivo is 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 like a terrific platform that never really took off it's, it and still fast forwards and rewinds again i should have Syracuse I mean, really, on really
0: the more we talk about it like if you want to get back at him for not knowing what a spree is have me talk about the TiVo. That'll do it.
1: <laughs> I don't like the remote as much as he does. He likes, to me, it's another remote that is hard to tell up up from down in, in, when you just pick it up. But anyway, uh, I, I love Apple TV, so I'm glad that it came out. But goddamn, that remote really started to irritate me as the years went on because it's like, how do you, how, how did, it, it was an experiment worth making, and it sounds like a great idea, but it sounds like, you know, like that slogan that Apple used a couple of years ago, you know, for every uh, a thousand, a thousand no-
0: no's for, for every yes. yes.
1: <laughs> it, it This seemed like it was absolutely worth trying, building, making actual real prototypes and then using, and then it should have been one of the no's. Like, uh, you know, this is a great idea and the basic idea of having a trackpad type surface so that you can swipe or something like that is fundamentally, it's the one idea that was great from that remote. It really is a great idea. And I don't know of any other remote control that has something like that. It is absolutely a great idea, but implemented horribly, really horribly in a practical sense. And it's like, you you just should not have a remote where if you pick it up wrong it it like totally it it could could just pause your content unintentionally it might take you back out of the yeah. content <laughs> or lose your place right and I can't even tell you how many times where it'd be like I'll I'll, I'll pause this put the remote down I'm gonna go do you want something you know uh, maybe I'll go get a snack maybe get a refresh of a beverage or something come back to the living room from the kitchen and then pick up the remote and you pick it up the wrong way. And all of a sudden
0: you, you, you're out of the thing that you already paused (laughs) because you picked it up wrong. It was terrible. And, and they made it – like the, the very early releases of the software for it were even worse. They actually made it a little bit better over time with some software updates to kind of more aggressively reject you know accidental input and stuff right. like that. But yeah. the, the initial version of the software was even worse than this. And, right. and And because it's fundamentally like an ergonomics design flaw, they could never fully fix it in software. The only way to fully fix it was what they did now, hopefully, which is, you know, with this new remote. Um, and this is why I just, I can't wait to get rid of the old remotes from my house. <laughs>
1: well, the, the other thing about the new remote that is so, like, I cannot believe that of all companies, Apple didn't think of this before, is that the, the new thing where you can use, so they brought back the D-pad circular dial, Right, whatever you want to call it, right? There's like an up, down, left, right clickable ring at the top of the remote. But it now in it, that itself is a touch surface that you can run your thumb around to go to do like as a jog dial. And it's it, it's like it, it it's not like an iPod, like a classic iPod. It is exactly like an iPod. It's not like a little bit. Ah, it sort of reminds you of an iPod. No, it's exactly like a classic iPod where you would just run your finger in a circle to, to scroll a list or, or go forward or backward. Either way, it works. The, the idea of running your thumb around a circle works equally well for going left to right in a, in a timeline or up and down in a list. And Apple invented that. It's 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 an Apple <laughs> thing, right? Like it, but it's kind of the the, the mind blowing part to me is why. And again, maybe maybe somebody a year ago was like, "Hey, why don't we just do the iPod thing?" But I, I can't help but think that there was somebody like back in like 2012 who was like, we should make the Apple TV remote like the iPod where you run your thumb around in a circle to go up and down or left and right, which works equally well. And it'll be great. And that somebody was like, nope, I don't want that. I want the whole top to be a diving board, uh, trackpad surface, no circle. The, the circular thing on the new remote is the thing that, elevates it from, okay, they fix the problems with the bad remote, but the circular thing is what elevates it to, this is the best remote I've ever used. It's, it's fantastic. I, I really love it. The circular thing is, is the game changer for me because it is like, this, this is the thing. And the thing about the, the genius of the iPod click wheel is that you, you? It's easy to keep your thumb going, right? You can just keep circle, circle, circle. You don't have to stop. Whereas with the trackpad on, on the old Apple TV remote, you, oh yeah. you'd get to the side and then you have to pick your thumb up
0: and and go. You know, you have to keep yep. pick, swipe, 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 swipe. Right? It's you're going through all those long horizontal lists. Oh,
1: the circular thing <laughs> is so brilliant, but it's and again, it's like. How how did Apple of all companies not think we should make the remote exactly like the iPod? This is a great way to scroll a, a long list or to scrub content left to right. It 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 mind-boggling.
0: I wonder if, you know, one of the biggest pains in the butts about um about tv os you know since the since the tv os itself was launched um is how much navigation is swiping through long horizontal lists because before that previous apple tvs and almost everything else that ever ran on a tv would organize lists vertically um and you know if you were designing it for the trackpad remote you know the, the outgoing siri remote um if you're designing it for that you might it, it obviously makes sense. Like, well, if swiping horizontally is easier than swiping vertically, then you should align the interface to that and design the whole thing to be all horizontal lists, right. even though it kind of visually sucks and, and, it, and it sucks when they're very long. I wonder if now that the – like if the primary interaction method is going to become moving your moving your finger around the wheel, then that would free them up to redesign tvOS itself to be more vertical list-based. I wonder if they'll ever do that. Because uh, I think that would be that would be a significant improvement.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it, it. I I would say with the new remote though, it 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 all works so much better. And and if there's if if there's a downside, it's that that center area be, in inside the wheel is a little small. So when you are swiping in whatever direction you want to go, you're right? Like not just up and down or left and right like with the wheel when you're in the middle, you can go whichever direction you want. It is a little small, but I still feel it it in my use over the last week, it's 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 big enough that for the most part it's it it, it it's big enough.
0: I was going to ask you about that actually. So like so it's not like when you the combination of the D pad and the inner trackpad is not one contiguous trackpad surface, right? Right. No,
1: no. It's like two different trackpad surfaces.
0: Right, and so like do, so, I assume it has to be doing some kind of you know heuristics and rejection to um, to prevent accidental input from from whichever one of those you're not trying to use as you use the other one. Like does it do a good job of that?
1: Yeah, it seems to. It seems to do a, a a job. I've I thought of that where it's it almost feels like you need to you need to tell somebody, "Hey, you know you can use the ring as a as a wheel." Like I feel like if there's a downside to it, it's that a lot of people are never going to realize that they can run their thumb around the wheel because if you don't know that you can do it you, you would never know that the the outer ring the D-pad ring is itself a a touch surface.
0: Right, right, right. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. It's 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 just a great remote and it's so much thicker than the old one any of the old ones, right? Like that I, I you know, broke down and put a photo in my review just to show how much thicker it is. And again, There was no, it's not like they needed the extra battery life. Like, one, you know, nobody complained, like, of all of our uh, 100 complaints about the crappy black uh, Siri remote, the battery life was fine, right? You could, it's great. You go most of a year without recharging it. And when you do recharge it, you just plug it into a lightning cable for a couple minutes and then it's fine. Um, it's not like they made it thicker because it needed more battery life. They just made it thicker because it it was too thin. You know, it was it was too light and flimsy and and inconsequential in your hand.
0: Whereas this and one fragile. The old one was like you know if you you would drop that and break the glass. Yeah, and that's true. Like it right. was it was fragile. Right. This one contains no glass, which is good for a remote.
1: No, it it really feels like this aluminum slab that you could like throw against a wall. You, or if you know it. Again, not to get into a video, but you could throw it out the window, <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be fine. It'll be fine. There's no way it's going to break. It's it. It feels almost indestructible. It's it's a great device. I, I, I. But again, I. It's like I want to praise it, but I also want to make sure that I emphasize. It's it's mind-boggling that as if if you are a, hey, I'm going to update to the latest and greatest Apple TV hardware every time they do it, that you spent six, six goddamn years with (laughs) a terrible remote control that they only mitigated by putting a a ring around a button that you generally don't have to
0: use much. (laughs) That's the only thing they did in six years. Well, and, and as you pointed out, too, like, it was always called menu, but even at the very beginning, that was wrong. It always no. logically meant back, right? <laughs> and, like, when they put the white ring on, why didn't they <laughs> rename the button to back? Right. And it's even better
1: that it's just a chevron, right? Because right. It's, it's better than putting the word B-A-C-K on the button. It's better to just put the chevron because then it's universal and everybody yeah, understands Right. But it's like... It, it, it. I don't know. That was like a I, that that one to me also is like because it, it's the sort of thing that Apple does so well. Like they really do, and it's underappreciated. Like they they're very very good at picking user interface labels for things, right? Like they they're you know they have very good user interface copywriters, for lack of a better word. Menu is it from the very first Apple TV? It's always been very strange because it never brought up a menu.
0: It, yeah, it, <laughs> even in version one no. point of TVOS, like. I mean, it would occasionally bring you to a menu, but just right. by circumstance. Yeah. But like that's not that was not the common case. <laughs> it was
1: very strange label. I, anyway, I love it. It's really good. Uh, there's no reason. Again, I, I unless you know uh, before we move on. Unless you really know that you you need thread support right now. There's there's no reason. To upgrade from the old 4K Apple TV to the new 4K Apple TV, unless you, you need the thread support or you really think that Wi Fi six is going to improve your experience versus Wi Fi five, I, I I mean that to me I, that's good, that's progress. I'm glad they support Wi Fi six now, but I cannot say that my old Apple TV 4K got bad Wi Fi because it was only only Wi Fi five. Uh, I don't know what the thread stuff does. I don't know what I, I I have no Dolby Vision, high frame rate HDR content to watch. You know, just 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 buy the new remote and you'll be fine.
0: Yeah. Although, if you know, if you have one of the pro phones. You can shoot that content, right? Uh, one of the in one of the Pro 12 series, um, those can shoot Dolby Vision 60 frames a second. My lowly 12 Mini, which apparently nobody except me wants to buy, um, but my my 12 Mini can only shoot 30 frames a second Dolby Vision.
1: You know, that's funny. I, I wasn't going to bring that up, but I know that you got the 12 Mini. I I regret not buying the Mini. What I bought, I for, love it. Well, what I bought for myself though was just the regular 12. So I'm tech. Tech spec-wise, I, I don't have the Pro. I This is the first year where I didn't buy the best possible iPhone. I, I just wanted the plain 12 because I really thought that the glass back was a, just a better texture, and I like the feel of it. Um, and I, the other thing, too, and I think you've mentioned this. The other thing, too, is I knew when I bought it in October that— you know what? It, it, it's going to be at least at least best case scenario half a year before I even leave the house. So why do I care
0: about right. the camera, right? Like, you yeah, know, the battery life wasn't that important either, right? Same
1: thing. It's well,
0: well, hmm. on the mini, yeah, because yeah, the, the mini, mini right. the battery life is not great. Yeah, um, but but you know, it, it it hasn't mattered much to me in practice because I don't go very far. <laughs>
1: I think here's here's my gut feeling. My gut feeling is that the mini, if it is, it seems to be selling relatively poorly, whatever, whatever, yeah, however
0: well it's, shame. it's done. shame, because honestly, I love it.
1: I feel, though, that a big part of that is that the only way to truly appreciate it is to see it in person. You cannot look at specs yeah. and say, oh, it's only five inches and or whatever the size of the mini is, you know, and it, when you tell people the size uh, on a on a web page as you're ordering a phone, it doesn't make sense in a way that if you go and hold it in your hand, you're like, oh, my God, this is amazing.
0: Yeah, and, and because no one could really see these things in person this year. Right. I, I think that definitely played a part. I don't think it played a big enough part, though, to... Like, I, I think I think the real story is what what we've seen over and over again, which is, like, people say they'll buy small phones, but then when you give them bigger ones, they buy the bigger ones instead. And while some people prefer the small ones, like me, you know, in this case, um, it's not enough people to justify it. And and in, in, a, in many ways the small phone market is also the low end phone market and apple already satisfies that in part with the iphone se line and you know i don't know to what degree they're going to maybe keep making the mini in the future as a cheaper model i don't know if they're going to do that or not or if they're going to just you know once the 13 line comes out maybe the 12 mini is just gone from sale like like they often do um, or maybe maybe only the 12 is for sale and not the 12 mini anymore um, which wouldn't surprise me at all Um, but you know, it it definitely does seem like the small phone market is mostly the low end slash inexpensive phone market. And there's a few people like me who would pay like whatever they wanted to charge for a really high end, but small phone. But I don't think there's enough of us. I think most of the high end market has shown that just by what they actually buy, they've shown they want the pretty big ones for the most part. And you know, that's as somebody like me who appreciates this size, Right now, this is a good year for me. I expect, you know, based on the way Apple does things and the rumors, I expect we're probably going to get a 13 Mini. Yeah. But then I think that's it. I think you know, once they change the the case next time or whatever, like once they update the industrial design, this it's out.
1: No, what I think they'll do is they'll they'll make a 13 Mini and it'll be top of the end specs. And then the next time we see that size will be the next iPhone SE.
0: Oh, yep. Right. That's exactly it. Yep. Right. So, (laughs) (laughs) so like, like,
1: like a year and a half after the iPhone 13s, or if they call them 12S, who knows what they're going to call them this year, but a year and a half later, they'll come out with one more at that size. They'll call it the new iPhone SE and it'll be, you know, I don't know, only 400 bucks
0: or something like that. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be the 13 mini with like the 15s guts. Yeah. And then that'll be it. Yeah.
1: All right. Let me take a break here and thank our friends at Squarespace. Look, I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. Uh, telling you about Squarespace. You, you, you know what they are. They're all in one. This is where you go to build a website and it's, it's just fantastic. It, you do it right in your browser. What you see is what you get. That's a phrase that used to be like really, you know, we used to talk about WYSIWYG 20 years ago and it was like, that was like a huge thing where it was like, in, instead of like putting formatting codes into a word processor, you just, your what you saw in your word processing document was what would come out when you printed it. Well, Squarespace is exactly like that. You go to Squarespace and you when you go to, configure, design, tweak, change your website. It It's literally your ad, admin interface to your Squarespace website. Is It's just that you, as the admin, get to edit it, and then you say, okay, that's good. That's the way it will be. And then when people who are not you go to your website, what they see is exactly what you saw when you were tweaking it. It's Fantastic! They have great tech support, uh, great prices, everything, anything you would want. If you need a website, and again, I always say this, and I've stolen it from my guest today, Marco. This this idea, uh, I, I repeat it every time. But you, as a listener of this show, are probably the sort of person. That anybody in your life who needs a website comes to, like, hey, I need a website. What should I do? Send them to Squarespace. You'll Get them out of your hair. They can do it all themselves. It's great. Go to squarespace.com. Enter the code TALKSHOW when you check out, and they'll get 10% off. Uh, And you can start by going to squarespace.com slash talkshow, and they'll know that you came here from the show. So go to squarespace.com talkshow slash talk show, uh, or send your friends and family and everybody else there. And when you use that code, just plain talk show, you save 10%. It's great. Uh, What else we got? We got the iMac. You want to talk iMac?
0: I I think it's been mostly well covered elsewhere. The, the, The only thing I really will say on it is that it really shows how much a design matters that in 2021... Apple has succeeded in getting people excited about a low-end desktop.
1: <laughs> That's true. It's very true. That actually was sort of the one of my ideas for the gist of my review. Like what wh- how how should I write it? And it's like isn't it cool that like just a a low-end desktop computer could be exciting and worth talking about?
0: Yeah, like, and people are really excited about it. They're excited to get it. They're showing off. They're showing pictures. People on YouTube are talking about it. And like, it shows you. First of all, I think the design is is for the most part a home run. But it just shows you how important design updates still are because this product, by all means, is an incredibly boring product in Apple's lineup. Like the 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 low end small sized iMac has been. You know, a pretty good seller for Apple. I think forever. You know, you you see them like being bought in large numbers for computer labs and for businesses and you know for like you know real estate offices you know, like, where you like you have somebody coming in like seeing a computer on your desk and you want it to look nice. You know, you put an iMac there, and they they sell a bunch of these things. And I think they always have, but it's not an exciting product usually. Like usually, you, you look back at all the twenty one point five inch iMacs that we've had, you know, up to this point. And it's mostly a pretty boring series of desktops that they would update every few years and nobody would say a thing. Or, like, they would update it at the same time as update updated the bigger ones. And we'd talk about the bigger ones maybe because we were buying them for ourselves, but no one else would care. You know, it, it wasn't exciting. It wasn't, like, a big thing. And, and the fact that, like, you know, in 2021, for all intents and purposes, nobody cares about desktops. And I say this as a desktop user and lover – but most people who care about desktops care about the high end, the higher-end desktops, um, and, and there's not many of us left even there. Uh, you know, most computer users are laptop users, and so the fact that they launched a brand new desktop design now, in this day and age, and it's getting this much excitement and joy and attention from people, and by all accounts, it seems like a pretty good computer because, of course, it's an, it's an M1, and all M1s are fantastic computers. <laughs> I know because I own two of them already. <laughs> like, it's it's it really shows first of all how great the m1 is but, which we already knew um but also just how great it is to have like a fresh new redesign and that, how much energy that breathes into a category that otherwise for all intents and purposes was uh, in in the pr sense just totally dead and useless
1: and and the bringing back of vibrant color choices which yes. has been missing for uh, honestly, I mean, since the g three IMAX. i mean there there have not been colorful desktop macs for twenty years, and people love to buy stuff that is in colors that they like it it 's like it and again here 's one where i 'm totally willing to throw johnny ive under under the bus because I, I I think you have to say it was Johnny Ive who really insisted that everything stay within these very muted True to the nature of aluminum colors, you know, because even the gold ones, you know, the gold, you know, you can't say that they didn't have any colors other than gray and dark gray, because they had the gold, but it's like, come on, the gold was very muted I mean, didn't you – you bought –
0: Yeah, I actually – I have the gold M1 MacBook Air. Yeah, and like, it, that's my laptop right you, now. You kind of lose
1: track of the color, though, right? Like, you're using it, and it doesn't feel like you're using a gold computer. It's like you're using a – you just kind of, sort of start to see it as that's the neutral color. Whereas when you're using these iMacs, it's like, oh, this is orange, and it pops, you
0: know? Yeah, and yeah, because I and I think you know uh, part of this I think is absolutely laid at Johnny Ive's feet, and I think Phil Schiller's as well. I I think I think these were these were people who who aren't known for like wanting a lot of fun in the product necessarily. Like they they take a more serious approach. Um, and and I think you know you can look at that from one end and say you know man we like that sucks we missed all this color for all this time. On another. You know, from another point of view though, it's part of fashion, and fashion goes in and out of style and I think you know in the in the original imac g three era, like Apple introduced color to the world of to consumer electronics and it was really big for a little while. And then eventually, like that kind of phased out of fashion and things got more serious. And as everything moved from plastic to metal, uh, everything got, you know, just like the, the look of raw aluminum became the look of nice hardware for a long time. And that was just what was in fashion. And then, you know, an Apple has always been good at. at coloring aluminum like they did with the original ipod lineup like you know the ipod mini and and everything were had fantastic colors and and eventually the nano you know once that went aluminum as well like they always had really good aluminum colors but you know for the most part i think the the industry just like what was cool for a long time was metal just sheer like natural looking aluminum and then eventually dark metal Space gray, like, however, like, 19 different colors that has meant over the years. Um, you know, we, we just had gray and dark gray for a long time. And and eventually they realized that they could do colors in the iPhone line to help jazz it up as their industrial design rate of change slowed down in other ways. They, they realized, like, oh, well, if we're going to keep the same industrial design for two or three years for a phone, in years two and or three, we can introduce a new color to help jazz it up. But for the most part... It was still, and I think largely still is considered like only for low end stuff, or only only for like you know the the more consumer line of things. Do we actually want color? And it remains to be seen whether Apple has seen the light on that for the higher end of you know their upcoming products. I, I hope they have. I, I fear they haven't. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I, sure what's going to happen is that the the you know iMac Pro, whatever, you know, with the big iMac. Yeah is probably just going to look like the iphone 12 pro it's going to be you know maybe like a steel ring in like the dark handful of colors they offer and that's it but yeah. ultimately i think this was this was largely a part of i think you know the the johnny ive exit and and uh um what's her name evans hanky the new one yeah evans hanky yeah yeah, so I, 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 if this is what we're seeing from Evans Hankey's style, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I, um, and I, I think, I'm, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's that's a big part of the change that precipitated this. But again, I, I think like part of it was the staff change, like you know the leadership change there. But I think part of it's also just the world is coming out of that that fashion cycle where what we wanted was just a bunch of dark metal, and we're we're for many reasons um kind of in the mood for some color now and so i think it's just it part of it is just that part of fashion came back around and now it's time i
1: i also feel and and i talked to apple you know in the private briefings that are off the record um but so i won't quote anybody directly but um it 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 is perfectly timed for coming out of the worst year in our life anybody's lifetimes right this this terrible year of being shut in and seeing the same stuff and everybody is just you know wants to get back to normal and have some fun and boy are these fun looking computers they're they're just gorgeous I mean I've only seen the orange one in per in person because that's the only one that they sent me I mean thank God, because I wouldn't want, I wouldn't, it's a big, still a big box. (laughs) So I'm glad they didn't send me like all six boxes. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, I'd have to send them all back and blah, blah, blah. Uh, But just judging by the orange one and how much better, I think the orange one looks great on screen when you're like, Hey, which one do I want? I like the, the, it looks, it looks great on screen. You see it in person. It looks even better. And I've heard and just chatting with the people who, who, and, and reading the reviews that other people wrote. Everybody seems to have that same opinion, no matter which color they got that, Hey, the blue one looks better in person than you. Th- then it looks on screen, and on screen it looks great, and it's just so fun, and it seems so perfect for the moment. But I'm with you. I I, I have I don't think they're going to do it with the pro ones. I think the pro ones are still going to be like you can get whatever whatever color you want as long as it's a shade of gray.
0: Yeah, and that's I mean, and this is this is another area where. I'm so happy I went with the 12 mini this year instead of usually I would go for like the smaller of the pro phones you know like the the 10 the 10r the 10 or the 10 the 10s and the 11 pro like that that's how I went before um but I was always envious of the better colors that would be on the like the 10r and the 11 base model and stuff like that I was always envious of those because they always had better colors and I'm so happy now that I have like My cool red iPhone mini this year. And and, and one of the reasons I didn't go with the iPhone 12 Pro, even, even the smaller of the two, is that I think it looks significantly worse. Like the the blue looks decent, but you you touch those steel bands and they're covered in fingerprints. Yeah, I don't instantly. like it. Uh, yeah, I don't like, like, like it. Feels worse. It looks worse. It's heavier, like by a lot. Like it's bigger and yeah. heavier. And, and I and like I love my little weightless feeling bright red iPhone 12 Mini. Yeah. Like it's so nice. And and because you know for many reasons, you know we've we've had this. This awful pandemic that's torn apart the world in so many ways. That itself was the capper to the Trump administration, which was uh, its own dark times right, in right. so many other ways. So, like, we've come out of this like cynical, dark, awful, tragic time, and and I, I feel like we're we're in for a pretty big upswing of like just joy and yeah. happiness and and getting back get, getting back into things we like and and happy just feeling good again yeah. and it's going to take us a little you know might be a bumpy transition for a lot of people to get there but that's where we're heading and i i feel like this we're like this year the rest of this year is going to be just like a celebration in many ways for a lot of people and it's a perfect time to have bright new colorful stuff again be introduced into into our world
1: and and that makes me wonder too if if in the new regime, the Evans Hankey regime, for lack of a better word, maybe yeah. maybe even if the pro computers aren't rainbow spectrum colored, but maybe they'll be more like the the light one is white and the dark one is black, right? It's more like right. a stormtrooper Darth Vader type thing, and they they still pop in a way that. I, honestly, I, again, it's not going to keep me from buying one. But honestly, the 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 what do they call it? Space gray aluminum. I'm sick of it. I, I really am. I'm I'm sick of it. I've bought so many space gray things from Apple, and it's like I I I still like it better than the. The pure aluminum that isn't colored, but it's like, ah, come on. See, I
0: went the other way. Like, I stopped, I, I was sick of Space Gray a few years back too, and I I, I just started buying like the light colored version. Yeah. I, I bought like the, the you know, the white ish phone and like, yeah. the, the, I bought the silver laptops, and I did like them better. But, uh, but, but like it you know it wasn't a good like the whitish iphone 11 pro was not a good white right uh you know like, <laughs> there In, was like a, a real like regular like matte bright white would have looked way better and i would have greatly preferred that
1: all right let me take a last break here and i'm not i'm not making this up this the, i didn't fix i didn't fix this just to have marco on the show <laughs> but our fourth and final sponsor is mac weldon i'm not I, <laughs>
0: i'm wearing like let me see do you want to do the read for me do you want to do I, it I, I could do it from memory, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm wearing their, Why don't their you do socks. Well, the only uh, other wearing... person
1: I've ever done this is is Merlin. <laughs> Merlin's the <laughs> only other person who's ever taken over a read for me. But do you wanna do it? Do you wanna tell people sure, about yeah.
0: So Mac Weldon they're reinventing men's basics, basically. <laughs> and you know, this spring we're all gonna be busting out, we're gonna be getting outside and you know, you wanna look good, you wanna, you know, have good good new clothing to wear. And Mac Weldon just makes the best, you know, shirts, pants, T-shirts, underwear, socks, like sweatpants, exercise gear, uh, jackets. You, you even wear their slippers. Like they, they make the best stuff. And every day I'm wearing Mac Weldon's clothes because I all of my underwear is there. So every day I, – I happen to wear underwear every day. So <laughs> every day I'm wearing Mac Weldon's clothes no matter what because it's at least the underwear. About half to two-thirds of the time, I'm wearing one of their T-shirts also. I especially enjoy the silver line. This is a fabric that actually has silver fibers as part of the fabric blend, and silver is naturally antimicrobial. So what this means is that you're basically wearing a T-shirt that is sticking antimicrobial cloth into your armpits so they can't stink. Like they literally you, – you, you'd be shocked. Like you wear, you, I wear these all summer long. Because you basically can't stink in a Mack Weldon silver T-shirt. It's it's an amazing fabric, good for workout wear too. They, and it, you can also buy the silver fabric in their underwear and everything. So it is fantastic. All their stuff it it has consistent fit, easy shopping. Uh, it all like you know works well with each other. So you, you know you know that like okay, if you got this type of shirt and you're a small you can be confident that you can buy this new line. You can buy It's Small, and it'll fit you. Their long sleeve stuff is great. Once it gets cooler, I love the warm knit stuff. They're like waffle knit (laughs) shirt. They just have an amazing line of products. They also have a free loyalty program. Here's how it works. You get. Um, oh God, I got to remember all this. All right. So no, you get you level. Your, uh, I'll take you over. your first Let me take purchase. Over. Let me take over. Level now. one, you just get it for free. You get your <laughs> first purchase. You make your first purchase. You get free shipping for life after right? that. And then, if you spend two hundred dollars, you get twenty percent off for the next year automatically on all your purchases. That's great. All right. That, Did I get it.
1: <laughs> that that's fantastic. <laughs> I will tell you their their polo shirts are the. Uh, I I have gotten. Numerous compliments since I've been reintroduced into real life and left the house. Uh, it Both my wife and Jonas have both said, hey, that's a nice shirt. They never tell me I have a nice shirt on. It's the Mac <laughs> Weldon polo shirt, and it's a really nice polo shirt. I love it. I remember when you and I were out, we were for our friend Michael Lopp's uh, birthday party uh, right before <laughs> about a, like a month and a half before the whole world shut down. And I came down to the lobby, and you were wearing a Mack Weldon uh, warm-knit shirt. I was like, I know that shirt. I have that shirt.
0: <laughs> yep. It's like— <laughs> You're a podcaster, aren't you? Yeah, you're a podcaster.
1: <laughs> but they're great shirts. It's not. I don't wear the stuff because they sponsor the show. I wear it because it's great. Anyway, here is where you go to find out more. You get 20% off your first order as a new customer, exactly like you're at level oh, I forgot two. about that. You go to Mack Weldon, M-A-C-K— W E L D O N MacWeldon.com slash talk show. And you enter that promo code talk show. You get 20% off your first order. It's a, like you're already in the high level of their uh, warranty program or uh, loyalty program. Anyway, the stuff is great. I would not tell you this. I know that Marco always says it went on ATP. I wear their stuff all the time because it's, it's just fantastic. Why wouldn't I wear it? And I yeah, get annoyed when I run out of, like, Mack Weldon socks and I have to wear other socks. I'm like, this sucks. This, this so- <laughs> these socks suck. And I'm like, I should buy more socks so that I never run out. Anyway, uh, home stretch of the show. We got. I guess we have to talk about the iPad Pro, which is, to me... Sort of the it's a it's a fantastic product it is and and I described it in my review as pound for pound dollar for dollar the best computing hardware on the planet today and I believe that and yet hmm. I'm totally unexcited. I don't know if I by agree. it. I agree? Well, what would you say is better? What's what's a better uh,
0: as a hardware? The M1 MacBook Air.
1: No, because the the. See, I think you're talking about the overall experience of using the device. I'm talking, like, you don't even really wake it up, just like or, – or, like –
0: You don't really wake up the M1 MacBook well, Air either. You open it up. I mean, that's <laughs>
1: – But, like, what I'm saying is, like, it, it, clearly the, Air, the iPad is a better product. It has a much better display than, than, than the
0: iPad than the MacBook Air. It's that is true. I will give you that, but way better display. Uh, I mean, like if, night if and you day. wanted to have like if you're if you're taking like most people and you say all right, you're going to have only one thing. You're going to either have an iPad or a Mac. Like you're not going to have both. So like if you if you had to pick just one of those things, I think you'd have to pick the Mac for most people because you know unless they have like you know very low needs, but. There are so many things still on iOS where like, okay, yeah. a lot of this stuff that you do is really nice and easy and better than on the Mac, but then you hit a wall that something that iOS makes difficult or impossible, and then it's like, well, you can either become an extreme iPad power user to get over this wall, or you can just do it on a computer the way you already know how to do it.
1: See, but it's it's like, I, 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 I feel like I'm not expressing myself well. maybe I didn't write it well either then. Uh, it's, it's like, I'm not saying i would rather have a a uh, a dell laptop running mac os than the the ipad pro if 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 i could have a dell lap you know piece of shit a, a total piece yeah. of crap the worst possible because i'm so well, do you have to use the Dell trackpad? Well, even mm. even if I did, I, I don't know what I would do. But I, I'm so <laughs> plugging a mouse. <laughs> that's what I, I would do. <laughs> I'm so mentally invested in the Mac way of doing things that I would use anything running the Mac instead of an iPad if it was my only device. So I'm not talking about the overall experience of buying it and owning it and using it as your own thing. I'm just saying as a piece of hardware separated from the software that runs on it just totally you know you know don't don't judge it by the software it it's the best Piece of hardware I, I've seen I've ever seen in my life because the display is amazing. I I, I know you don't have the twelve point nine inch new iPad in front of you. You haven't seen the display, and it right. really really shines. The thing that I did that really was like oh my god this is amazing was show I, I put fired up the same movie on the M1 MacBook Pro which I love and the iPad side by side and it makes the uh, M1 MacBook Pro which has a uh, twenty percent brighter screen than the air. Uh, so even the air would look even worse. It makes it look like you're you're using like a, a computer from like the uh, Soviet era of Russia. You know, it's like it, it 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 looks terrible. It's so much brighter. It is such a great piece of hardware. And I would never use it as my primary computer. Like that's where I'm going. It's, it's the greatest piece of hardware I've ever seen, pound for pound, dollar for dollar. And because of the limitations of iPad OS mentally for me, the friction that's involved every time I try to do my, what I consider work on it, I, I would never use it as my main computer. I, 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 it, I think. I and, and it seems you know like you put your you know like the old saying like where you could put your ear to the railway tracks and hear a train coming. It seems to me like this is going to be a very big WWDC for iPad OS because I think that they kind of punted last year. There's there were some weird features from I mean you know this from developing you know yeah. your app. There were a lot of features that made it to iOS. Fourteen for the iPhone that didn't go to the to the iPad. It it was kind of weird, you know. Given uh, that it it almost makes it seem like they part of the reason that they renamed the iPad fork of this operating system to iPad OS was so that they could they could do something like that and just deliver features to the iPhone that they didn't give to the iPad. To me, that's the. It's almost like to me, like you can't really fully review this new iPad Pro until we see what what's coming next month at WWDC. It just is not pro. It's not a pro OS, in my opinion.
0: I think, I mean, part of that, yeah, I definitely agree with that. And and, and we've seen this pattern ever since the iPad has been introduced, where they do a lot of amazing things with the iPad software, but they, they take their sweet time on it. And a, and a lot of times, you know, it's very clear that the iPad software... Kind of lags behind the iPhone side of iOS, uh, and I don't think the giving it its own name. I don't think changed really anything. I mean, it, it was, I think, purely just a you know a nice marketing term, and, and it, it it showed iPad power users like, hey, we care so much about you and this platform that we're going to really get serious about this. But I don't, I don't think they have really gotten significantly more serious about it than they did before. I, I think we're we're on a similar cycle where the iPad is getting power user upgrades but you know maybe every like two to three years things actually are like substantial about it um and there's still really kind of glaring holes and awkwardness in things like multitasking or file handling or things like that 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 are just very easy to do on macs and pcs that that's still on ipads you still have to be kind of a power user to do a lot of this stuff and I mean, God, I, I am a programmer and an iOS power user, and I still can't smoothly use iPad multitasking. Yeah, it's, me too. It's unbearable to me. Like, I, I it's, it, the whole thing feels slow and unpredictable and, and awkward and unintuitive. And, and I, I still don't think Apple has solved that. And, right. and I think the, if anything, the, um, the system they introduced whenever this current one was introduced, maybe two years ago, uh, I think it made it less intuitive than before because now you have this weird like like uh, our friend CGP Craig uh, called it like the buddy system of apps or like once you like pair up two apps in split screen mode if you like switch away and you try to switch back to one of those apps it'll bring up both of them as the right, pair right and like and I think that's that's one of those things that uh, you know they should have tested it and maybe it shouldn't have been released and instead that's just how it's been for the last two years
1: right like, and, I, and it, I think the
0: whole multitasking system like it's full of things like that where it works in a way that maybe this Maybe it seems like a good idea, like in in development or in demos. But once actually, once actual people try to do it, it's so often doing not what you wanted it to do, or what you want to do is like, all right, I have this app on screen. I'm trying to make it bigger or smaller or get rid of it. How do I do that? And the thing you try to do to do that doesn't do it, and you kind of can't figure out like how <laughs> how do I do this? And it, it, it's just it, it's a very Confusing and error-prone process for me whenever I try to do it, and and I'm a programmer.
1: I I I, I have nothing to add to that other than uh, Chef's kiss. That was that's a perfect synopsis. Um, Marco, thank you for being here. Uh, I I I might you know have you if I show up at your beach house, you know. <laughs> We, we, you might be on sooner than you usually are from the last appearance because, you know. Yeah, it okay, wasn't
0: on all last year because you didn't come visit because it was COVID. <laughs> and the last time we, I have it in my Skype window when we open it up tonight, the last time we did an episode on Skype was February 15th, 2018.
1: <laughs> that's that's a very long time. That feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> My thanks to you. Everybody knows where they can find you. ATP.FM is the, uh, accidental tech podcast show. Uh, Overcast, of course, is probably how most people are listening to us right now. Uh, and of course, you're, uh, at marco arment on twitter but i i i i tweet less than i did and you probably do too
0: yeah twitter is not a fun place anymore you
1: know what i i i really feel like tweeting less has been like it's it's a great it, it it's really like uh it's like a life improvement. It's like a life hack. Just
0: it really is. Yeah. Like I I mentioned this on ATP a, f- a few weeks back like the new version of Tweetbot is subscription based and if you they have a free trial <laughs> mode of the app where if you if you get Tweetbot and you don't buy the subscription, which I'm not suggesting that you don't do because it's a great app and you should pay right. for it, but if you don't buy the subscription on the iPhone, it is a read-only Twitter client. <laughs> and I consider this actually kind of a feature. <laughs> Like a hidden, that, like,
1: like a hidden feature that an uh, unintended feature, right?
0: Yeah, like I was on the beta for a while, and then when I got off the beta, I didn't have the purchase, right? And I just never restored the purchase because <laughs> now I have a read-only Twitter client on my phone, and I can I can still post Twitter on my desktop, and I do, and it's you know sometimes I regret it, sometimes I don't, um, but because I still need to post like you know when I have a new show out and stuff like that, like we'll, we'll post on on the accounts you know when we're going live and stuff like that. So like I have reasons where I where I want to post Twitter, or if I have some kind of code level question or comment. I will often post that on Twitter and you know fortunately I, I have a large enough audience that I will often get a good answer from people if I have a question about something. But for the most part, like I have no good reason to be tweeting from my phone. And so I just can't anymore now. and it's glorious because like, it really does. It's like I, uh, there'll be a tweet and I'll be like, oh, I want to respond to that or I want to retweet that. Oh and I hit it and oh, I can't do it from the phone. I'll just keep going, and I'll just go, go past it, and that just and that, that reply or retweet just never happens, and I'm actually better off as a result.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being here. Uh, good, good show. Goodbye yeah, you.
0: my pleasure.